Hey, everybody, before we get into the podcast, I just want to let you know about our sponsor. It's a film called Sir John A. and the Curse of the Antiquenched. It's a fun film about two brothers that save their city from demons by staying drunk. You can get it on iTunes, Amazon, or wherever you get your movies. Check out curseoftheantiquenched.com. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Welcome to the Raiders of the Lost Commentary podcast. Welcome to Jurassic Park. The unofficial commentary for your favorite Get to the and not so favorite films. The famous comedian Arnold Braunschweiger. Starring your hosts, Adam and Matt. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Start your movie in three, two, one. All right, back on the podcast is Travis. Yeah. We're watching Sphere. So, uh, so this is something you wanted to watch uh, the yeah. last time we were podcasting, doing Primer, and um, yeah. So I never watched Fear before. I, I honestly had no, I didn't know anything about it. So I went in cold, not knowing anything other than the fact that you sort of hinted that they found something. Yeah, I didn't the want water, to give too much away. We were chatting last, um, so. That, yeah, that that's honestly the, the best way to watch a movie, best though, right? Way like to watch a movie. Do you think? <laughs> no, it is. I love that. I love well, like, not knowing like anything we, about something, we, like not even the genre. Sometimes, you know. Okay, I mean, I had a hint, like hint yeah. that it was going to be sci-fi because Michael Crichton, but, um, like so often, you know, we see trailers now, and like so much is spoiled or. You at least know there's something going on in the trailer where you're like, I haven't seen that shot yet. Yeah. So any minute now that's coming. So you know what I mean? So it was actually a nice surprise. There's like a bunch of movies that came out in the eighties, nineties, or even seventies that I just, they slipped by the radar, just didn't watch them, didn't do anything. And, uh, I'm sort of like yeah, rediscovering what, what, them now almost. What as year was this? 98. Knowing right? nothing about them. 97 or 98? 98. And it's yeah, based on the book by Michael Crichton, which was released so in I guess, 87, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, didn't realize that all these um, titles... Yeah, they all got this, year, like, like, all sphere, projected, uh, sort of... Yeah, they're using uh, CC Sphere. Sphereized <laughs> look. CC Sphere, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, After Effects... Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was interesting, and th- there's a lot of like any type of like yeah. mystery well, this, sci-fi like, thing. I mean, I'm we'll always, get into it as we're watching it. But um, it's just uh, it's just different. It's got a different feel, you know. You don't know what the hell is going on, and a lot of sci-fi, a lot of a lot of mystery. Um, I don't know. I just I just really dug this film, and I think it's because, like you said yeah. earlier, um, yeah. I think I probably originally went into it knowing nothing. I I honestly do not remember when I saw it first, but I think it was probably not too long after it came out. To be honest, I feel like I've saw this ages and ages ago, and I have a couple yeah, versions right? of it on DVD. So, uh, so like while they're making this, apparently it took so long. Barry Levinson and uh, Hoffman, or yeah, yeah. And De Niro went off and made Wag the Dog, like during production or post production, because apparently this. Was, I think it was while he was trying to secure to, funding for it. To make. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, something along those lines. So, uh, 
I didn't realize this the first time through, but uh, yeah, you know what? I feel Hugh like Lewis I knew that at some point. Um, and now that you mention it, uh, I have to agree. <laughs> that <laughs> I, d- <laughs> I, <have to> agree. <laughs> I would have to agree. Yeah, I don't know what it like because well, yeah, I don't know. He does like I guess now, like, that you mentioned now it, I like, know, oh, yeah, but Huey Lewis. Um, I feel like I knew that, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. Because normally you see Huey Lewis's mullet is being flaunted and he's singing about <laughs> love and the power of it, you know, but I um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, and I guess like Queen Latifah is in it too. Barry Levinson like was going to get them to do some Fletcher? kind of duet for the end credits. <laughs> yeah. Which would have been terrible. So I... Uh, I, I really think it might have been good. Or it, all you're seeing is been... faces. We don't know anything about the movie yet. Like all you're getting is exposition, um, but not but not really. Like yeah. you don't really know what the hell's going on. Right? Yeah, and you're just and finding a bit of history about Hoffman's character. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it sets it up well, and that's the there is something about like Michael Crichton's stuff that is set up. It usually, is set up well like that. You know, like bring you into this situation, you know, here's everything you need to know and then done with pretty quick. Well, like, so the line that they just had right there was, you know, Um, he's complaining about, uh, getting there in time or or whatever he's talking. I I have my volume on, uh, on low. I should probably turn it up so I can hear them. But I know there he says something about the plane crash and the pilot says, I I never mentioned a crash, plane crash. It's like, Ooh, little tease there. Okay. What do we got? Uh, what have we got going on? Right. Um, so obviously this is gonna be riddled yeah, with spoilers for those. Kind of. But uh, talk uh, forward. Yeah, but I, I was just thinking about like the influence of the sphere and who has been or hasn't been in the sphere at any given point. Um, and I don't know, like, would the like the ship that crashed there the people that found the sphere because if the sphere you can manifest almost anything right would that have been the thing that caused the time travel you know what uh, i mean hold on let's back up a little bit <laughs> the time travel <laughs> well oh, like they the yes the ship yes. sorry right I, it, it came from the future there um yeah, I don't. I I guess so. Man, I haven't seen this in a long time. So when we did Primer, I watched Primer before. I did not get a chance to watch this again before uh, doing this podcast. I have watched it a lot, but um, it's a long watch. But we're gonna uh, be re. I'm gonna be relearning what this movie is about as um, we watch it. So forgive me if uh, my thoughts are disjointed. That's fine. Um, but yeah, like uh, Dustin Hoffman. Usually not in sci-fi stuff. Yeah, but doesn't he feel so right for this part? Anything like that, you know? Well, yeah, that's just it. And like uh, quickly before we were starting, I was just reading a few like online reviews, just tearing, tearing Dustin Hoffman apart. Like, why would they ever put him in a movie like this? But there were older reviews, right, from when it came out. But and that, like, it's like, why wouldn't you want one of the greatest actors of that time? Yeah, I don't. In I that, don't really in get a role, it, to be right? Like, I think he's great in it. 
I think it's a really neat ensemble cast. And like I think the early like Liv that... Schreiber or Liev Schreiber. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, Leave yeah. Schreiber. He's pretty young in this role. I don't know. Depending um, on. Uh... Yeah. And I mean, Sharon Stone, like at the height of her, yeah. Yeah. you know, being crazy. And Sharon we got Stone, Peter Coyote here. You know? Who's great. So. I know. I know. Where do I know him from? Feel like Something I know him recently. From I don't recently, know. but uh, um, but yeah, the uh, the idea of finding like a spaceship underneath the ocean, like obviously, and I know like sort of recently, a lot of UFO stuff has been like bubbling to the surface of like pop culture lately, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, this storm Area Fifty One garbage, uh, but like uh, some of the like the the quote unquote theories of where some of the flying saucers came from is that they were. That that are in Area Fifty One is they have been here a long time. They crashed here like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So, the idea of finding like a spacecraft underneath the ocean, it's like yeah, it's completely absolutely. plausible. Like you know what I mean? And and the idea of of that or like it's still being on. It's I find that incredibly intriguing. So like, I don't know, like and. Yeah, just the idea of it, like the massive scale of it. And yeah, it just could be there. Uh, apparently, too, like um, Samuel L. Jackson was filming this during the week. Yeah, I and read then that going on IMDb to film as well. Jackie Brown on the weekends. <laughs> um, so he's um, obviously probably had to wear a pretty silly wig. For uh, Jackie right. Brown, considering how long his hair was in that movie, yeah, but I don't know. It's funny to think like how good well Sam Jackson is. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's really different roles, right? To be a parent now, I think, because he's really having this resurgence lately. I think, like, then again, he's never really went away. But I remember, remember when Snakes on a Plane came out, and it was all like, "Oh, Sam Jackson's so crazy." Um. And yeah. I don't know. He did a few. That movie's great, though. Weird movies around that time. Like, was that around like Black Snake Moan or was that? Is that the right movie? That might have been. Yeah. Yeah, that's something of. I don't, I don't is know. Is that if the that one was with the Christina Ricci? Time. You're thinking of? But he's yeah, never yeah. really went away. But anyways, lately with the the various Avengery mo- movies and stuff, he's been. And then the split movies, Sh- Shyamalan's stuff oh yeah just, i haven't uh, watched any of those yet he's killing it and then he's tarantino's always good. Stuff, i mean tarantino's yeah. always used used him and yeah used him to his full ability but uh has hoffman ever so. been in a tarantino be wrong, film though. i don't think so eh no that's who we need in a tarantino i like film. this line uh, i've Sam. always liked this line um that sharon stone has here um I'm just trying to wait for it so I don't give it away. But uh, talking about having a scar and the guy says, were you drinking? And she's like, yeah, but I wasn't driving. Just a simple little line, but it's like, yeah, touche. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And it implies that, uh, well, it's kind of like foreshadowing. Yeah, there you go. A Car accident. Later, right? Were you drinking? Wasn't, yeah. Wasn't doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I've always liked that line. <laughs> Just a little yeah, simple line. That's a good line. 
there's like simple lines like well this that has a lot of conversational though, right? stuff like uh i think the writing the, the dialogue between the characters gives a lot of development uh in the movie like the relationships because they're they're trying to establish the past yeah. relationship with Sharon Stone and Dustin Hoffman and like no one's really coming out right and saying what happened um for a while right and then hear the whole report right <laughs> um yeah i know that it's all just like made up and whatever which is i think that's like a smart thing like story wise cuz if because it it, gives, it leaves you room for for error and and for these and still, people to be yeah, sort still of learning in danger as, in as a way that like it gives that's the rub. Uh, the uh, aficionados that uh, Peter Coyote thinks they are, you know, like throughout the whole movie, he's constantly like um, reprimanding Norman for not knowing certain things. It's like, dude, this guy's just a shrink that you put <laughs> underwater because he wrote some bogus report. Yeah. How can anyone be an authority on uh, yeah. first contact uh, or whatever? This guy's great too. This guy is first uh, contact with aliens. Assistant director or the director in uh, later X Files se- uh, uh, seasons. Yeah, I think he's some other, in some oh, other that's stuff why too. He looks but familiar. I rewatched X Files a couple years ago, and then I watched this and was like, "Oh, that's him." It's funny when like people show up at and you know in movies. Yeah, well that's kind of like um, you're like, oh, it's that guy. Uh, oh my god, Daniel Craig in Tomb Raider. Isn't he in Tomb Raider? One of the Tomb Raiders. I I think he's in the, the one of the Tomb Is Raiders. He? Oh, I don't even. God, yeah. if if I'm mistaken, that sucks. But it's funny. I know Gerard uh, Gerard Butler is also in one of the Tomb Raiders. Um, Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. could be him too i know i was watching terminator 2 the other day and one of the swat guys that comes into um the building at the end he's got the gas mask on and everything but you can still tell it's hank from uh breaking bad yeah just a quick line just he's the guy like everybody out now when they find out miles tyson has that bomb yeah and then he didn't blow up, actually, and he went on to create vacuums. So <laughs> okay, keep talking for, for a minute. I'm adjusting my mic. <laughs> okay, it'll sound good, I'm sure. Um, the submarine stuff is, is pretty cool, too. It creates like a sense of like claustrophobia. And I, uh, I sort of dig that... that um, idea of just making the world small. Yeah, well... As big of the scope as it is. Like you were saying earlier on like the tight shots in the helicopter and then we're on this boat and it's still kind of tight shots but these are kind of big environments but we're entering these yeah big well they're establishing this like isolation and everything with this uh stress reactions samuel jackson tapping his feet no i have not did you know these are you models been in a by the way before yeah they look like models like uh, not in a bad way so they way, did the you know, um but uh the they station that, or the ship that they're about to um, pass, and the station that they dock with—they were all scale mo- one-six scale models. Like there is like something to that, and like I I know we talk about this a lot, but just 
models do look good and CG does look good too, like now, but it's just like models had a look and CG has a look. And so, it's like whatever's best for. Okay, the time so I know or, this is a little bit off topic, whatever, but on that note, um, I, I watched the new Dark Crystal recently. I binged the crap out of it on Netflix. Um, and yeah. God, there's just. It, it kind of reminded me how fun it was to watch practical spectacle, you know, movies that movies that, you know, were, yeah, were seeing right? real stuff. Like, I know they had CG in it, and, and but they used it so perfectly. They only used CG when they really needed to. But for the most part, everything was practical. And it's just you're watching it and you're having those questions again, like, how do they do that? Holy crap. How do they do that? But we've got we've kind of lost that these days because they can just do anything. Especially with these huge tentpole superhero movies where aliens are destroying the planet, and I mean we've just seen everything, so nothing blows us away anymore. But it was really interesting the way my it was interesting the way my brain it's tough to blow, yeah. You know, knew that it was practical and then could start being wondered again. You know. Yeah. So this is these model shots that you're talking about yeah. one six models. It helps that they're underwater. I think. You get away with a bit of uh, whatever, and just also seeing yeah, some of it view. just through the porthole window. I dig you know, the just score a tiny too. bit of it. This goes is hard a long to way. find. I, like I was telling you when I suggested this film, it it's kind of become an obscure film. I did. Where, where did you find it? Well, it, it tanked at the yeah, box office. Yeah, you're watching. Did you just download a copy, or where did I find it? I found it various places on the internet. I'm not okay, but will, uh, but not to, streaming uh, legally. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Exactly. No, it's not on Amazon. It's not on Amazon or iTunes. Like you got to get it, it even on, on You got to get it on like iTunes, I think. Oh, I'm. I, I, yeah, I thought okay. it was. Well, it could but be, maybe but uh, maybe I got it on something else. I remember having. I remember having Stop trouble trying to incriminate. Well, it's not me. like you, you weren't willing to. It's like I, I can't find this damn f- film anywhere. I really want to watch it. Uh. Yeah, honestly, like I tried to look up some special features and stuff on it too, and I couldn't find much. And and a lot of the so info on the on yeah it on the DVD, as, uh, there's a there's a bit of a making there, of. But, um, I think it might just be the visual effects of Sphere or something. I'm not sure. Oh, that's interesting. Whoops. That is something like like so everything's like well at least for me now like on my iPad or whatever, and I do sort of miss the DVD setup and uh, like i do think there's a, a world out there for netflix or disney or whoever some new streaming well, service iTunes to does, have like a right? bonus and feature style they don't all i know no, iTunes they don't does, always but they don't, but I don't always know give if you that's everything or it's just whoever's making the dvds right because some of them do um and a lot of them are garbage yeah. but a lot of dvd i mean i'll, I'll tell you I, I had a huge dvd collection um, when I, when I, when I, yeah, I got, I've, I've pared it down though. As I, I mean, I still do, but here and there I'm like, okay, I'm going to get rid of half or whatever, but I would always buy DVDs based on the special features, you know, like obviously if there was a movie I really wanted, I would, I would buy the movie, but uh, man, if it was a movie that was questionable, I wasn't even sure if I was going to buy it, but then they had like some hour long, uh, making of, I bought it cause that's the shit I want to see. I mean, I want to see the movie too, but I just love seeing how they make this stuff. Yeah, it demyst it demystifies it. You know, you see the finished, no, polished I mean. product, and it's like, how the hell did they do this? And then when they, you know, you start getting walked through the steps, um, that stuff's inspiring because you realize, you know, you can do this with enough, yeah. 
well, often enough money and people, you can do it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, um, in that vein, though, with uh, Dark Crystal, yeah, though, I ma- did see a thumbnail a out. Yeah, uh, I watched that as well. On Netflix. There is a making of, It's like yeah. a feature. It's like a, an hour and a half. Is it a long thing or? Yeah, and I think, like, that's awesome. And I, I, don't, I don't I wish there was more of that on streaming services. And, like, if they put, because, like, what does it matter if like they have sphere on Netflix and oh you can watch it with commentary or you can watch it with um you know or you can watch yeah, them behind yeah. the scenes or something like that so like the stuff that gets released on that iTunes that does have it somewhere it feels you, just you know? like a DVD of old you have the same menus you can put commentary on and all that and it's great but I agree with you that it should just be more often the other problem is. Uh, release dates sometimes a movie will get released on itunes and i'm like oh i'm gonna buy it um and then it's just the movie and then months later there's like some new fucking version that has all this behind the scenes stuff but i'm like i'm not paying for this again to have two versions on itunes (laughs) i know i get butthurt by that too or or like uh, there was one of the avengers movies you could buy the special edition on iTunes and you got some of the behind the scenes, but they didn't tell you that. And then my sister bought the full right. Blu-ray thing and there's like yeah. tons of extra give shit me on there. All like, the behind the scenes. Sakes, guys. Um Yeah, like what does it matter? It's already I've already bought what are like your four tickets on... to this. Like, come on. <laughs> oh sorry, just again I love the score. Who did the score? Elliot Goldenthal, I think. I believe it was him. Is that who um it, it's it's just I do like, it's got yeah, that perfect amount of great. like um, mystery in it, you know, sci-fi mystery. Uh, I was gonna ask, what do you think of having the title cards, like the spaceship, the the monster? It's weird, right? How many are yeah, there? There's like I five. Mean, like, is it like five acts? It is strange. Is there more than that? We should have counted. I, think, I don't I think exactly so, remember. Yeah. I know there's more than three, but I, we should have counted earlier. Yeah. I think we're we're at two now, right? Um. I yeah I I don't I don't like I mean I don't hate it. I thought it was kind of interesting, but uh, it is like so, in that time of like it is in the during the time of like Pulp Fiction. Y- you and, know what this and Jack reminds Brown, me of, right? Sorry, just to interject. So, um, obviously, any underwater base movie is is gonna uh, remind you if you've seen it of The Abyss, James Cameron's The Abyss. Uh, Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say 20,000 sure. leagues. Okay, the, well, the suits they're wearing are very 20,000 leagues. But um just ju- just like the 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 whole production <laughs> underwater stuff cuz I was just going to ask is all this underwater stuff actually underwater? I don't remember. I f- I feel like a lot of it is faked. But I, I know they I know they did shoot in tanks, so I know a lot of it is like real. they're not But I think some of the standing around stuff I think is faked underwater. I mean, like maybe this part is fake. I don't know. You know. Oh, they're just uh, like the the walking on the. I, like I, I feel like that's hard to fake. Like with. Yeah, they look kind of real. I think that's they might have they might uh, have tanks. I think I read somewhere. Yeah, online. no, they no, they definitely had water. They tanks. did like a warehouse. Did, and I think filmed. some of it was was faked. Well, keep an eye out for stuff that looks like it could be faked. I know they didn't go no, yeah. out on the ocean for anything. Like uh, they 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 shot it all you know, like on 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 studio because this was just after right. um, 
Waterworld. So so they they did Waterworld and filmed that all. Yeah. In the ocean do, you, do you remember? Do you know where Waterworld was filmed? The roof and people hated it. And <laughs> yeah, that's right. In the ocean. Um, no, I can't remember where it. What country it was. Uh, yeah, but, but so I guess was the, the anecdote spot I'm thinking some of reason? is that they used like, all the metal that was available, like in the country. <laughs> so when they needed more, they had to actually fly in, like metal, metal. They literally because they built that fly whole in metal floating city thing in the ocean. Yeah, that is a. I love these airlocks, man. I love these like uh, you know these wet locks when I water- or dry docks or whatever the hell you call them. And umbil- they called it an umbilical, or something. They uh, the the um, process of it though. It they show that they show this part of the movie. Yeah, it but takes that's what they're right, doing. They're building the, of the, sh- the, the ship. Here. But like, it seems like they go through a lot. Faster oh, you mean later on when they go in and out? Yeah. Well, they, I guess they just. Yeah. Yeah. They filmed it in Hawaii, yeah, well, apparently, for uh, Waterworld. The final scene yeah, you know, like on the um, Big Island, I guess. So. Again, this is one of these uh, that makes helmet things that has an interior light shining on the face of the people, which would never be practical. But <laughs> but you got to see the actors. No, Who's going to be the first never, movie to never just work. have dark and you can't see anything? Yeah, I don't know. I love this line here. I don't think they'll ever do it. It's no, about the titanium chipping. Or hold on. Uh, I, I don't know. Just so why does it chip down, when this scientist bangs on it with a hammer? I, I don't know. Never mind. Just the way he says it. When this scientist oh, yeah, yeah, bangs yeah, on yeah, it with yeah. a hammer. This scientist. Um, who did the screenplay? I uh, don't just, know, actually. Um, writers Michael Crichton. Adaptation hmm. Kurt Wimmer. Weimer. Um, there's two other people that are credited with because I know like Crichton, Kurt Wimmer, Steve Hauser, Paul. <laughs> it's so, be that no crazy. Be Sorry that crazy, to just put down uh, your careers there, whoever. I don't know who you are. What else has this guy done? Well, probably just a, other stuff. So Barry Levinson did. Um, he did a movie in 2012 called The Bay. Did you see that? Um, it was interesting. I did not. <laughs> Chaos breaks out in a small Maryland town after it. an ecological disaster occurs. It was kind of. I think, if I remember correctly, it was kind of like a found footage style or not found footage but oh, it could have been god I, I don't actually remember oh yeah yeah found footage film it was like an okay. ecological disaster some creatures from uh hmm. um from the ocean or something were starting to like kill people or something it was it was pretty interesting but it, i mean nobody saw it it didn't really get covered and this is one of these this is one of these directors that's been huh. around you he has made like, like a lot of stuff well, yeah. I, well, obviously, Men in Black, right? That's very Barry Levinson, Levinson, isn't Men it? In Black? Maybe not. 
I know he's done like yeah, uh, obviously Rain Man's the big one he did. Men in Black. Uh, he didn't direct that anyways. Who am I thinking Maybe of? Maybe he was involved. Um But yeah, I know what you mean. He is a guy that like just just has made stuff a lot of Sleepers. stuff over the years. Toys. I gotta watch Toys again. I haven't seen that in ages. Yeah. I was just watching something with uh, Robin Williams in it uh, last night. Oh, he did um, Young Awakenings. Awakenings. Have you ever seen no, that? No, that's funny you mentioned that. Robert I was in the bookstore today and I saw Awakenings, the, the novel. It was today, though. The novel. Yeah. I don't know. It's a Penny Marshall's film, so it's like. It's, uh, I don't know, sad and whatever, you know, how she makes her stuff. I like these. I don't know if this is CG or set extension, like force perspective. Which but part? I like a lot of this stuff. The, the, the production elevator? design of the actual ship yeah. is pretty cool. I think Just that was the uh, the elevator shaft. A lot of the sets were were virtual sets. They did shoot a lot of it on green screen. But like, uh, yeah, I don't know the. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because they the really don't show that, you like, much, eh? It, it, like it, it, yeah, it keeps you very just show you what you need unaware to see of like... what the hell this thing actually is. You're kind of in that initial hallway where they see the trash can. Um, yeah, or that's that's this part right here, and then and then the, the cockpit, but or yeah, like... the bridge, uh, and the elevator, and that's it. And then like the the sphere hanger, which is kind of a weird, nondescript, massive area. So yeah, that's where they find the trash bin. And Basura. the dead guy. Yeah. That, uh, I'll be honest, man, like, because a lot of times now when I watch movies, like, it, like I watch them with headphones on and in bed, right? And that fucking got me. That, that dead guy thing, like that jump scare. Yeah. Yeah, usually, like, now it's like most horror stuff, I don't know, I see it coming. You see it coming like a mile away, you know? Yeah. But, uh... Well, a lot of times you have the lead-in, too. Like, so that you know a jump is about to happen. Yeah, exactly. You start getting the violin swing. Yeah, exactly. But this one wasn't. This one was out of nowhere. Just a good old... A good old-fashioned... Shring! Exactly. Swing! Exactly. Um, I like the idea, though. Like, this... Like, oh, it's it's not from space. It's from the future and... All that. I guess it's one of those like J.J. Abrams mystery box things. It just gets you asking questions right away. You know, like the more questions you ask, the more intrigued you are. And yeah, you know, exactly. Just pile pile them up, and then then you have a whole bunch of shit that you need to answer over the remainder of the film. And then like some stuff is it, it's not even really answered. You know, like it's just that's that's it. That's you know. Yeah, because like this. The What's movie... interesting is what what the movie's implying about this ship, um, that flew into a black hole and you know land, crash landed on Earth three hundred years ago. Where's that movie? Right. <laughs> I, w- I want to see that. You know, and I think that's a that's a good thing for this movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you know, when when you get people, the audience wanting to see the things you're just alluding to. Um. There's a lot of Michael Crichton stuff, obviously, that has been, you know. Oh, my God, is it? Did we just find a link between Interstellar and Sphere? I think, yeah, that is. That is, is what this 
Yeah, is this the ship from Interstellar? Anyways. You could um, <laughs> blend them together, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like how like how much they've like uh, I don't know expanded the uh, Westworld, you know, into what three seasons of television now from from that original movie or book, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what we're good at these days is expanding things at the moment. We're not good at original ideas, but we are taking old I, stuff and making them all pretty cool. I'll give them that. Yeah, I mean, well, I I love this split. This uh, I can't remember what the, how this effect is done, but I can't remember what it's called. Just um, the split screen thing. Or? Yeah, I mean, it might be done. I I guess I'm referring to the one in uh, 2001. Oh it look, yeah, it yeah. looks very similar there. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I I don't think there's like a a lack of creativity now. In the, in that I sense? think there's just there's a lack of uh, trust by the studios to go with um, original ideas that don't have uh, and I, I mean I get it they they want proven track record IPs and things right yeah uh, well like they're, they're not gonna dump they're not gonna dump a hundred million dollars on a, a first time director with an original script I mean I'm sure it does still happen every once in a while. Um, but yeah, it does. It doesn't happen like it like it used to. Or I think it's easier for writers. Uh, and and if you're a writer listening, I don't mean that it's easy for you. What I'm saying is that um, it's probably easier for someone to write something that gets produced into a hundred million dollar movie because they can still attach talent and known directors to that thing you wrote. So yeah. just because you're a first time, but I think to be a first time director to make something um, huge and get right? something huge that's an original idea, that's it's, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, and it is tough now. Just yeah, just you could never make like this sci-fi thing. L- now. Look, just, don't look at the sphere here. Look at sorry to keep cutting you off. I just want to look no. at the warehouse. So that's all virtual set, but like that could be a Google image that you put out of focus these days. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's true. You that, really can't. The, ba- the background doesn't look that good. No, it doesn't. It looks strange. Well, and the, just the focus. Like on, Green the focus screen. is flat. It yeah. doesn't look like it's a like a a tier. Like, it doesn't look like there's depth to it. But I maybe because it's mean. also like it non-moving. Look, like it the looks shot's like it's not it moving. Just like made, it looks like, like a mat. It looks like a matte painting behind it. Yeah, it doesn't look that great. But uh, the yeah, sphere looks cool as hell. The sphere looks what? It looks cool. Yeah, it's it's Apparently, interesting. Uh, but in like, the script, I guess in the book, and then moving into production. Um, they were told straight up the sphere is 100% chrome. That's it. It's like a chrome sphere. Um, no, we're not we're not changing that. But when they started testing things, 100% chrome. Like I mean, you you know you know this in um, using 3D software, like in Cinema 4D, you make a sphere and you add a a chrome texture to it. It's just 100% reflective. And if you have a 100% reflective thing in a dark room. Then it's just black. black. Yeah, it's black. So they yeah. were finding that they weren't getting the right look. So they ended up doing this gold undulating sort of thing. And I think it looks kind of cool. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think now with how complicated CGI's got, they would just figure out a way to make it look chromey. You know, I like this conversation here where they're like, "All right, let's get some exposition. Let's 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 give the people who don't know what we're talking about the definitions." Yeah, I li- like black hole. We know what a black hole is, and you don't know. 
Right, yeah. Hoffman, I don't know what a black hole is. Really? Maybe times were a little bit different in 98. I mean, everybody knows now, but is that just from we've done we've used it enough in popular media now? Well, like well, I mean, black hole is like old news, right? Well, nineteen ninety eight, it might not have been, you know. Well, well, I, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. What maybe it wasn't as prevalent, uh, yeah, in popular media. Um, I also like this uh, communication thing with the. Uh, like he has that in his like just orders. like a printer, yeah, yeah. Like the communication with the outside world and all that. But uh, it does sort of remind me of uh, like aliens. How they would get, you know, is it alien or aliens? They'd get communication sort of similar like that. You know, like one guy would be getting all the information. Uh, well, in Alien, they had the the captain. Um, oh my god, what's his name, man? In the movie, what's the character's name? Dallas, yeah, Dallas, something like that. Dallas would go into and talk to Mother, right? Yeah, and then he would get those. Those. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Well, no, it was on the screen. It was just like a one-line thing, wasn't yeah. it? Something Could like that. Mistaken. But I just like I like the idea of that beep, 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 singular beep. character getting this information, and and I did, I did sort of think they were gonna go like a uh, the route of like him not giving all the information, you know. But. Yeah, they they're kind of setting his character up to be that sort of untrustworthy government kind of dude, you know. Uh, he, need to need to know. Never ends up being that way a hundred percent. No, not a hundred percent. Um, I I gotta throw something in there that we, just because we mentioned Alien. Um, have you played Alien Isolation? I've not. No, but I, I remember us talking about that. Uh, it's, God, like, PlayStation. 2 I can't. It's on Xbox and and uh, PlayStation. Um, I think that yeah, it'll be on three. I think that's when it was released, but it's also on. You can get it on four. Uh, it's fantastic. It is so goddamn good. It is so good. It's one of the only games that has made me go ah like out loud <laughs> <laughs> because I was scared. Like it's very good. Yeah, there's some of those. Um... Resident Evil games they're pretty freaky the the newer ones anyways. yeah but but Alien Isolation man it's just you f- I mean if you're a fan of the Alien film the yeah. first one God it's so good it's like a it's like the perfect sequel hmm. I'm gonna it's have fantastic to check that out. yeah it's so good man From, yeah and it's not it's not like a shoot 'em up it's it's like you're just hiding from the goddamn alien pretty much but you do a lot of fun things while you're doing that. Um, is this the scene where Sam Jackson says, like, we're going to die down here kind of thing? Like, because... Yeah, I think he says it right here when he crawls in. Yeah. Just a matter of deductive logic or whatever he says. Yeah. Like, we're... There he goes. Yeah, we're all going to die down here, you know. Which, I wonder why he gets, like, this, his own, like, special, like, like, in bunk and they're all, like, kind of on the other, you know? Oh, I never noticed that. You know what I mean? Is that Norman's bed right there? like, secret, like chamber bunk and i assume all... they all had them is norman just sitting on a bench or is he sitting on a bed i don't know there's somebody behind sleeping seemingly but i don't know the shot of him I... is really cool though just him down this corridor this dark tunnel and looking out at it dustin hoffman you know yeah and i like this bit of dialogue i mean i, I like the logic here you just know the... why fifth why 150 years from now does this spaceship uh say unknown entry event 
right. they don't know, then that means we didn't tell them. And if we didn't tell them, it means we that died. means we died down here. Yeah, it's great. I like stuff like 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 that. And yeah, because it is like, you know, oh, there you go. The sphere. So is yeah. that the third one? I think that's the fourth. There was the analysis oh, no. while you were going. You were talking. Oh shoot! All right. Okay. But um. Yeah, Queen Latifah. No idea that was her either while I was watching that. Which I don't know. I don't really She was more of a big more of a deal back then. Yeah, eh? like, Watching it in ninety eight you would have known who she was. I suppose so. Or you like, would have known it was her. Like Rihanna in uh, Battleship, how you know her presence in that movie made that movie so much better, you know? Ugh. <laughs> have you seen Battleship? I have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's I, one of those movies that you, every once in a while you'll catch me in the mood to watch a movie like that but yeah. it's just because i don't want to think at all uh and i give it a shot and i'll tell you another movie that i watched um that also has taylor kish in it is uh john carter that's a great movie see i liked john carter i think that it's a real shame that that movie got snubbed the way it did and nobody knows about it I think Disney was originally planning to make a John Carter land. Oh, really? As part of one of their parks. Yeah, I think it was like a whole thing. And then it's just like, no, this didn't do well. It's like, ah, oh, you guys just didn't give it a shot. I don't know. Was it the marketing or? I don't know. Like, I like John Carter. I thought man, it was cool, man. Yeah, I, I, we went, like the my sister and brother-in-law, we all went to see it when it came out. And I like we all loved it. We thought it was amazing. But it like tanked super hard at the box office. And yeah. But I could maybe, tell like, maybe, the trailer maybe wasn't it, that well done. and Yeah, I think that the marketing, right? Yeah. You're billing it. Did it come out when something similar was coming out? Like They also I changed the name, remember. right? Because like, the, t- the title of the book is like Princess of Mars or something like that, right? Right. So, and then it changed to John Carter of Mars, which I guess may, might have confused people. I, d- I don't know, but I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was a cool movie. Like it yeah. was different from anything. Else. I almost called it a guilty pleasure, but it's not a guilty pleasure. It's just a pleasure. I do like that movie. Yeah, you, you don't. I hate using that turn of phrase as well. Like, why the fuck do I feel guilty about you know <laughs> shit I yeah. like? Fuck you. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but I guess it's like people that are embarrassed to, to admit they they like shit, and then. They don't want to. Well, they don't want to admit they yeah. actually like something. That's right, but it makes more sense when it's like you know, The Bachelor is a guilty pleasure of mine or something, which it's not. I'm just using that as an example. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. So, is there ever any explanation as to why Sam Jackson's character decides to go in the sphere? Because he said, "Damn, I want to get in that sphere." I guess that's just it. It's a, or any realizes. Well, listen, it, they're trying to make this. Uh, the sphere is intriguing. Like, what the hell is this thing? Yeah. Eh? And think about it. You'd be like, there's no seams. It's it reflects what it, it chooses, what it wants to reflect. What is this, right? You just want to know more about it. But is it the fact that he hasn't been in the sphere yet means he's not controlled by it yet? So he just really carelessly left the goddamn ship to go. Into this, into the sphere. Like he made that decision. It wasn't controlling him yet. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. That's a real careless decision. And see here, Dustin Hoffman. Spoiler alert: he goes into the sphere here, but he just doesn't know it, right? Like later, they come back to this, and 
this is when he would have went into it. I th- thought it was really obvious that he went in at this point when he was denying going in. I was like, oh, does it mean right? He's- Actually, he does he do the reflecty thing here? Yeah, I don't, I don't fully. I I kind of forget, but at the time watching it, I was like, oh, it, in my mind, I was like, yeah, he obviously went. Wait, in. does Dustin Hoffman go in here? Because Peter Cody's watching the whole time. Wouldn't he see him? Yeah, but I, I don't know. I assume with the sphere, it's like a time magic thing, you know, stuff. Let, let's see here for a sec. Let's see if the screens go off or something with Peter Coyote. Because I thought this is when Dustin Hoffman, like later we learned that this is when he he went in. I think you're right. But Oh, yeah, he looks up and he sees his reflection. Yeah. Right? Pretty sure. Let us yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah. See when the you thing. see a reflection, that's when you're in. Oh, yeah, then the old power goes out. Yeah, so he went in there. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it is pretty obvious <laughs> that he goes in. But I, I do like uh, maybe some... It is kind of like a 90s trope thing. Like, they, oh, they don't have any scientific equipment anywhere near the sphere. They just show up to it, you know, and they're just like, what if we touch it, you know? Oh, God. You know what I love? In movies where there's like a substance on the ground, okay, and the actors always lean, bend over and touch it and squish it between their fingers. Yeah, just all the time. Yeah. Oh, what is this? Mm, it's oily. Like, yeah. What if it's uh, alien blood? Now Ex- you're dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at least you lost your fingers. Um, leave Schreiber here, looking. Yeah, young and I like him. him. Yeah, I, like I do him. too. I mean. I you know I have not watched any Ray Donovan, but he looks badass in it. And I should start that. Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard good things. Um, this is around the time he did Phantoms with Ben Affleck. Phantoms is the bomb. I've never seen <laughs> that, it. I, just I would say that's that's, that's a guilty quote. pleasure. <laughs> um, it's funny now, like like now this fear looks kind of shitty, but. You know, I wonder if at the time it looked good. Now it looks like you could do this in Cinema 4D, like like now, you know, like in, in five minutes, get that render going, you know? Yeah, on your laptop at home, you could get a decent HDR, make a sphere, put a displacer, yeah, <laughs> deformer yeah, on it. Exactly. Uh, the, time would, the time would be just making the, the material. The yeah. material would be the hardest part. Just a and few grayscale gorilla tutorials later, and <laughs> yeah. you can... making the sphere from sphere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I guess these are uh, reading on IMDb there that uh, those jellyfish. Some are puppets, and some are like uh, actual photography. Uh, yeah. So they went to um, a marine park or something, um, and they did they did, uh, took a lot of footage of jellyfish. Close up, far away, whatever. And then they also have puppets, and then they also have CGI versions. Um, jellyfish so it's a, are it's, kind of it's a mixture. Scary and though. apparently, jellyfish move really slow. So in the scene coming up where Queen Latifah is getting destroyed by the jellyfish, um, the real live shots are sped up three to five times to make them move the way that they needed them to move to make them scary. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever been on a beach with jellyfish i haven't i have not i've never seen a live jellyfish like in the ocean oh like like on the east coast they're not very like threatening they're kind of just look like plastic bags they don't look like that yeah that's disgusting yeah they do they are kind of gross and they they kind of wash up in the shore they those are the ones that they don't really hurt you they they just whatever like that's a cg that's got to be a cg one right there 
because of the speed. Yeah, it would never move that fast. But uh, but it also just kind of looks CG. But maybe I'm wrong. The um, hiccups. But like mm. the actual man of war, like jellyfish, those are like fucking scary because like the tentacles go for like I don't know, like twenty, thirty feet, and then just like you get hit with one tentacle, and then you're you're fragged. Dead. Right. Okay. So here's here's the signal, right? This is where we're starting to get the uh, like it just gets. Oh well, no, she just got a little bit of it. But like, it just get this movie gets very weird. It's hard, you know. So how could you predict anything when you were watching it? Of what was happening? No, like it does a good job. Like if you don't know anything about the movie and you're going in like you did, I don't remember because I saw it ages ago, but. It seems to me like the type of movie where you just you have to just go along for the ride because there's no way you can guess what the hell's happening. I did think the Jerry not not not, thing. not not what's happening, but at least um, what it all means. Yeah, I mean, there was a few things that I thought like I knew once Sam Jackson went in and came out, I knew he was different and he might turn into type a villain type, you know? Yeah. he's like somehow it's inside him now or something and he's causing it right yeah like i got um thing vibes you know right um but but then they do acknowledge that soon after it's like when he's asleep these things are happening and then then you go okay now i got it but then it starts happening with other people yeah and then that's where then you're again you're like yeah yeah then you're like oh okay maybe i don't know what's going on yeah i think that's good so it's giving you answers. It's like it gives you one answer, but then gives you two more questions. Yeah, would, and then that's yeah. that's good. You know, I don't know. I've drama, a good thriller movie does that type of stuff. You know. Yeah, give 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 the audience something, some answer. Oh yeah, these jellyfish attacks are pretty, pretty brutal. But I mean, Th- this is interesting. Like, look at Norman, right? Like, what would you do? All he can do is listen. He's just sitting there having a coffee. Yeah, listening to this over the PA system. You can't do anything. You can't go out there. You, you can't help it anyway, you know? The idea of the um, suit filling up with water slowly is pretty terrifying. Oh, God. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. I mean, it was suck to film. You can just, like, do you sometimes think about that? Like, when you watch, like, a movie, like, underwater, and, like, and think about trying to film something underwater and how stressful and hectic that must be to try and get performances under in a tank, you know? I've never, I mean, I haven't really thought about it because I'm so far away from ever filming people in a tank of water, but um, I think the general person just sees it as whatever. It's just, it's just another scene, you know, yeah. whatever. You just direct people. But if you watch the making of like the abyss, like that shit is tough, man. I Those know, actors right? under there and the divers and constantly having to come up for air refills and all sorts of shit. That must be crazy. I, I, I did a couple of films at TIFF this year um, and I watched uh, Synchronic, which is by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who did. Did you see The Endless? Uh, I have not, but I've. OK, I've... well, I followed a few of their films. They're, they're still pretty indie, but they, they got some cool stuff going on. Um, anyways, they were just uh, they were asked by one of the audience members if they had anything that had to get cut from the script like while they were shooting and they said they had written a scene where Anthony Mackie he's in the film he it's kind of a time travel film anyways um spoiler I'll just spoilery stuff whatever 
Well, actually, I'm telling you about a scene that didn't make it. So, anyways, uh, he, he's supposed to ap- appear at some part, and he's underwater, and then has to swim to the surface, and then later get back to that point. So it's just like a very just appear underwater, swim to the surface, and then swim to shore, right? Yeah. And they just couldn't they couldn't make it work. They like uh, they were testing the water, and they kept getting like E. coli and all sorts of weird shit. And then it was like, okay, we need this many divers on standby and it just became this whole production and they ended up just going fuck it we're changing the scene he's in a tree or something they just changed it up and it made me think like fuck i have written like things that i haven't produced but like stuff i've written where i'm just like oh yeah we can have like an underwater tunnel system that will just totally film easily and this is me knowing that i won't be able to make this for more than you know like first time yeah first time feature money like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something there's no way and i just have i have all that stuff in there yeah no no underwater stuff yeah i mean i don't yeah it'd be hard to do i mean like i mean you could you could maybe find ways to do it on a small level but i i this thing i had in a script was it was literally like underwater tunnel system leading to like caves and stuff and just i don't know yeah that's that's good that'd be tough be a lot of <laughs> a really creative set maybe with some strategically placed green screen but i don't know yeah we just tough. have a, a narrator dictating what's happening and just have the camera in the person's face mm. i mean you could do it but in a in a believable way you know you want to have a wider shot at any point now it's suddenly not doable you know what i mean yeah maybe if you could find a way to do it if you're nice and close on the actor the whole time and you just had some kind of underwater looking little tube that you filmed in yeah i mean i'm sure there's you like know a and creative way anyways we don't need to, yeah th- I'm, I'm sure there is um but anyways <laughs> no I, I mean i i love those types of problems though like with indie stuff right and it's like okay maybe you can't film a tunnel underwater but yeah like you're saying maybe you can film some type of that i that type of stuff for me is the funnest stuff i mean and that's why i don't like restricting myself when i'm writing a script because obviously if we can't do a certain thing um i'll figure out a way to change it because it's not a lot of times the scene doesn't matter really it's like what is being conveyed in that scene what is the important thing right exactly it's like if I have to have this bonding moment between two actors and I originally wanted it to be in some crazy environment and we can't do that, well, oh, well, change it. And I bet you half the time when directors, filmmakers in general do that, those probably end up being the scenes they like the most in their film. Yeah. You know, the ones that just kind of came to came together last minute. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. And I, again, it's like the problem solving, you know, sometimes like, on the day or whatever um too right like you're filming a scene like like you're explaining about the tiff thing and, and it's just like okay fuck it we can't do that how are we gonna fix that well it's it's like being on set um like actually during your shoot it's the most stressful but also i kind of want to say retroactively the most fun because when while you're shooting and we've always said this too like oh my god i can't wait till this is in the can so to speak. I can't wait till we're in the edit. And then when you're in the edit, you're just like, oh, remember shooting? That was so much fun. I know. I know. I'm sort of feeling that a bit right now myself. But I, I know what you mean. There is, it's like a high. It's like this high you get from filming, but it's only I mean, after obviously, the fact. yeah, if, if too many things go wrong while you're filming, that can suck. 
But there is, uh, yeah, there is a high you get from solving problems instantaneously. Like you're on, sh- especially like I mean, we, we do mostly shorts and everything. So you, you got you're shooting a short and you have two days to shoot the damn thing. You, you don't have any flexibility. You know what I mean? No. It's not like I know features don't really have a flexibility either, especially indie features that you know they're being shot in 15 days. They got to get what they got to get. But you know, like something with a bit bigger of a budget and they're shooting over 60 90 days you got some flexibility to maybe push something or change it up yeah but like in a short film you're sitting there and you're like oh god this isn't working Uh, and you're you're looking at your watch and like we got six hours left in this day and this actor's gone and yeah or like it's just like oh my god what do we do and then you, you just have to figure it out yeah, and I kind of like those moments. Only when you figure it out. But yeah. luckily, I haven't. I don't think I've reached a, posi- a point where I haven't figured it out. But yeah, um, retroactively, that's that's uh, you sort of. I know what you mean because like during yeah. it, you're like, "This sucks," you know. I just want to be somewhere warm or, you know, actually sleep more than two hours or something. But then when it's done, you're like, "That was fun. Let's do it again." <laughs> Yep, filmmaking. Uh, filmmaking. There's something wrong with this. Um, so yeah, this whole thing where, sorry, back onto Sphere here, it's where he ate the calamari and he, he didn't like the calamari. And so as yeah. soon as he came out of the sleep, I don't get, I don't get that part. Well, don't they, they have a giant squid that shows up when he's dreaming right after this, right? <sighs> yeah, but what I don't get is that he's like, mm, this is great, mm, it's good. Yeah, and then, like I mean, Norman totally knows to what's it. going on. He, he looks like he's he's like, oh, you like that, eh? Oh, well, guess what? It's calamari. And then he freaks out. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and he's I thought choking. He had, he's like, like a... I'm not choking you, idiot. I, I just hate calamari or I hate squid. It's I don't know. It is that, that was a weird one. It that did make... kind of confuse me a bit. It, it I, f- I felt like it was trying to tell me something, and I wasn't smart enough to pick up what it was telling me, or maybe what it was telling was way so obvious that I thought there was more to it. Yeah, I don't know. Were they literally just trying to bring up? First, were they know? literally just trying to bring up that he hates squid? There, yeah. it just seemed like they had more. Like the other characters knew something that I didn't, or some. I don't know. Yeah, because he his reaction was like when somebody has like a anaphylactic allergy, right? Like the breath. Yeah, thing. but they would have done that right away, wouldn't they? Have? Yeah, and he would have been fucked for the rest of the movie. But um, the uh, I got vibes like. Like what I thought first time watching it was, oh, this whatever Sam Jackson has become is some type of squid person, maybe. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, because like, uh, what is it? Uh, Arrival, right? The aliens that show up are septopods or whatever. Yeah. They are kind of squid-like, and I'm like, oh, maybe they, they're kind of like future squid people, you know? Yeah. Well, they don't go that route in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but I guess that's one of the, the things, when, if you don't know what to expect, I guess that's that option's on the table. You didn't know that this was not going to be a creature film. Yeah. It's more of a, it's more, I mean, it really is just like a, a mind fuck kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's all in your head. I mean, it really is all in your head, this movie, right? It's about manifesting your fears. That's all it's about. But it's, the fears become Well, it's not reality. even your fears. It's about manifesting... Uh your thoughts and that's what the whole power of the sphere is right yeah your man and that's what they in the end they're like oh imagine the power we the things we could do but it's like yeah but we're not ready all we're gonna do is think of the worst shit it's like the marshmallow man right yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
all, all we're just not we're not capable of harnessing this power um, and all we're going to do is think of the worst shit and constantly manifest the worst shit it's true though yeah cuz like because you tell someone not to think of an elephant and what they think of an elephant right immediately um so you'd, yeah. you'd have to be in control of yourself to a degree that I don't think anyone is to be able to actually. He'd have to be Mace Windu. Do well with a power like this because you would you would lie there and go, man, I sure hope I don't think of a <laughs> a, a creature the size of the planet. Oh shit! I just thought of a creature the size of the planet, you know. And then suddenly there's a creature the size of the planet, and then destroying the planet. That's... And everyone's dead. Yeah, it is an interesting thing. Uh, yeah they don't have the power but like i think what's makes this like um this film work so well is that it keeps it in in this tiny isolated world though because if you had this if they found it in the desert or whatever you know what i mean or buried underneath the city yeah i think that's smart the destruction level that could happen is so much bigger you know it's and it's not just the the i mean i've never read the book so maybe the book is expands upon certain things i don't know but i I imagine it all takes place underwater as well (laughs) Mm -hmm. um it's a it's a good storytelling um thing right like uh, isolation it it's always been introduce a bunch of characters give them a predicament and cut them off from the rest of the world make them face that thing you know yeah and give like there's no like there's nowhere to run it's the perfect thing under underwater in a space station or in a a deep sea station yeah there's nowhere to go so you got to figure it out right it's kind of like the the horror, you know, the person being chased by a serial killer in the house. Like, just fucking run out the front door, you idiot. Yeah, exactly. Right? But in these movies, if beyond the front door is... Ocean. 5,000 5, feet below the surface of the ocean, then you can't do that. Uh, I, I gotta say, too, the idea of a computer just typing and talking, you know, and you don't mm-hmm. know where that's coming from i find that super i don't know spooky creepy you know intriguing yeah little ghost in the machine ghost in the machine there was like a movie like a smaller indie thing that came on netflix or recently that had um oh what's his name phil was it a wait a wait further instruction yeah you told me about that and i still have it on my list i keep looking at it and i haven't uh i haven't dug in yet so essentially just they, they go for... Well, don't tell me too much because I am going to watch it. Uh, like I'll tell you, like it's like the trailer, like synopsis or whatever. But like they go to like a Christmas thing at a parent's house and they wake up and the house is covered and the TV is giving them instructions, essentially. Right, okay. And like it's there's TV saying it's like some type of attack. And, yeah. And, and it's just them trapped in the house. Well, follow the white rabbit. I know that was trinity but yeah oh yeah exactly getting instructions on a screen right and it just implies a lot like how who why what the hell is going on here yeah but it's also like a super dumbed down easy to understand way to communicate just text on a screen right yeah and i mean i i I did it in a short right like getting creepy messages and stuff in in a short sort of recently but like the idea of it is kind of interesting the interface of technology and just getting instructions you know what i wanted to bring that up um this movie i think does a good job with the technology with screens Mm, that's a good point i think this stuff this stuff actually works they're not showing enough of 
anything that it seems dated. No. I mean, it does. It does look dated. There's like buttons and, but it 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 just fits. It's not trying to look too futuristic. It's when um, it's when films try to look too film TV whatever tries to look too futuristic. Like try to guess the future and make really crazy looking screens, and then 15 years later, those screens look ridiculous. Those are fun though. All the Schwarzenegger films, like Total Recall and all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I know they what you get mean. dated. This doesn't feel dated. No, I know what you mean. It doesn't feel dated. There's a fine line, like between having a style to something, you know, like Alien, yeah, or 2001, but it is dated, but not in a bad way, you know. Well, it's dated because it's like very analog and stuff, but that's not, yeah, that's not a bad way. I mean, here they're showing screens, but they're just like weather patterns and. I don't know. Just I, I thought that was something that stood out to me. It doesn't the the technology isn't dating it for me. No, yeah, I, I get like that. this movie could come out now, and I would just be like, "Oh, that's what technology on deep sea stations looks like." You know? No, there'd be a bunch <laughs> of like floating screens and people interacting with those screens, and that's yeah, like, like the Pro- Prome- like if you had Prometheus uh, level stuff, holographic stuff. Yeah, I mean that is something now, like. Now every movie needs some type of futuristic screen, right? Now it's not even screens. Now we're de- we're getting all this floaty holographic type stuff, right? Yeah, which is movies that are coming out now. It's like, uh, which is a representation of real life. We're we're starting to do things like that as well. No, that's true. But I, I guess I just there is like a fatigue to some of this, like graphics. Graphics, yeah, of, I know. Because we again we can do so much now. Everything's so believable. It's, it's tough. It's like the Iron Man HUD in 2007 or whatever was pretty impressive at the time. Until it became a video co-pilot to yeah. and a, a tutorial. And it was like, oh, yeah. And you start understanding it and then they go nuts with it. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't want to shit on um, stuff. There's just something, yeah, there's something fatiguing about it. No, I'm not shitting on it, but I guess it's it's... Yeah, it's it's become fatigue. It's become like a, I don't know, like a bit of a crutch or or something. I don't know. I I, I guess in a way, I'm sort of agreeing with you, like about the technology of this film. That I'm just I dig it, you know, like how they portray it. But because at the end of the day, well, it doesn't I think. Matter. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're really good at projecting. Um, what the future might look like now. I don't know. I feel like we're getting a lot better at it. And like, you know, okay. So like take an iPhone back to 1920 and show someone an iPhone. They'd have a heart attack, right? They might lock Um, you up. Yeah. But I think if you took something 90 years or, well, I guess now a hundred years from our future and showed us it, well, maybe we would have the same reaction. A hundred years is a long fucking time. Yeah. There there would be something like, that would, but but then again, like a hundred years from now, let's say we have like fully synthetic human beings. In a hundred years, <laughs> that wouldn't blow my mind though. I would just go, "Whoa, are you serious?" You're yeah, I'd be like, "Fine, you're, you're synthetic, <laughs> crazy." Like, what could blow your mind? I mean, I guess that's the point. You can't really think of it until someone if if you comes up with it. If but. like the, a version of you showed up from the yeah, future. it would have to be some sort of like temporal control and some kind of visualizing the fourth dimension or something which is just, would just blow your mind. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and they could show you like 
I mean, fourth dimension, like time, like they, they open it up and they show you like, you know, forwards and backwards right away, you know? Yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. Would that still blow your mind the same though? Cause we've seen all that shit in movies. Like we, we have pretty good visualizations of that stuff. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. And, this, but, this is creepy. eh? like all the eggs falling. The eggs falling is pretty creepy. Um, but to play a little bit of devil's advocate though, about going back to the twenties with an iPhone, I mean, I don't know, like, would they be that freaked out? Like they had a lot of, maybe not like you think about, um, well, okay. So not, let's go back to before there was any sort of displays. Okay. Okay. So like, I don't know, some like late 1800s. It's not that long ago. No. Um, and you show them a fucking iPhone? Yeah. Like, they don't even know what a movie is. They don't know what anything is. Yeah, it's true. Go, You know, like, they barely know what pictures are at that point. They got to sit still for 10 minutes to get a picture taken. I don't know. That's I'm exaggerating. but That would be a YouTube channel. Like, time travelers go to 1800s to show 1800s people videos on YouTube and their reactions to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch this it's guy like, from 18. No, yeah, it's Watch. like sh- sh- uh, sh- um, third graders react to Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, it's 19, 1860s people react to iPhone 12. Yeah, react to two girls, one cup. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I still haven't seen that. Thank God. Oh, you're lucky. You're one of the lucky ones. Yeah, these weird yeah. egg things are really freaky. This, I love this radar image of yeah, slow reveal the t- of the, the tail of that thing. Yeah. And the book he is reading is 20,000 Leagues, right? Yeah. 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 And he can't get past page 127 or something. The book thing, I really love the book thing. And it's gone. I like that. Yeah. But see, I love that. Nothing is uh, obvious. That's what makes this movie so good, I think. Yeah. It's just hinting. It's just hinting at stuff. And so it's really, this whole movie is about leaving uh, everything up to your imagination, right? Like, let you do the work. Maybe that's why people didn't like it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I get it. You, you know, reading. I like it because I like doing the work because my mind can conjure stuff uh, much better than you can show me, right? Like, what, what what's the exp- um, imagination is always better than exposition or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, I will say, yeah, like I read a few reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, like before the podcast, just quick, which I never, I never, I don't actually like Rotten Tomatoes at all, but um, really, I do. You like it? Yeah. I don't I just I just see like I guess. don't necessarily um just look at the number, but I I look at the reviews and I sort of without getting spoilers, I sort of read a few of the bad ones, a few of the good ones and just look for a thread and then I can tell, okay. I can I can tell that I I'm similar to this person or whatever. Right. And if you start you start getting people that you you agree with, start following those critics. That's the way you got to do it. I guess. Like, that fi- seems find a lot find... of work. Like, I, I, I just know. watch the movie in that amount of time, you know? <laughs> I'm generally, like, if something is over an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, though, I'm I'm usually going to like it. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. Maybe like, I'm just... I know now, like, a, a Rotten Tomatoes can, like, really screw with, like, a movie's box office, and there's all the things yeah. that happen with... Well, um, yeah. Can you, can you imagine releasing something that you're proud of, and it, like, gets a 10%? By like a critic thing or whatever. Yeah. Well, just by on Rotten Tomatoes, like it's got ten reviews and it's like ten percent. 
That would it, suck. Yeah, and it, it could be just ten the ten people that didn't like it. You know. Well, no, I mean, like if you made something that got enough people to have you know to be a statistic, right? And it just got shit on. Yeah, it would suck. But that would suck. Um. Yeah. Especially if it was like Sphere. I would love to make this movie. <laughs> right? I'd be so proud of it. Yeah. And it what's its score on Rotten Tomatoes? Twelve. See, that is ridiculous. Thirty eight. That's a terrible score. score. That uh, is terrible. But it, this is not deserving of a twelve percent. And it's all like the top. I'm know, sure some story. like film snobs will tell me could tell me exactly why it's bad. But you know, I watch it and I enjoy it. This is up my alley. Yeah, that, like that's the, that, again, and that's exactly what, what I, I like don't is like. Like, the combination of creepy sci-fi that borders horror. Yeah, this isn't really horror, but you know what I mean. It's not just thriller, sci-fi. I guess you'd say. Yeah, like a thriller sci-fi. Anyways, I like the combination of horror and sci-fi, um, and I like when things kind of have. Um, feel smart i'm doing air quotes right now you know <laughs> yeah and th- not that this is like overly smart but it's like talking about psychology and there have been physics and things so it feels like it's one of those things i guess if you're in the know you feel you feel smarter that you know what they're talking about yeah. i think i like movies like that maybe. I, I get what you're saying yeah you know and that and maybe again that's, maybe that's an ego thing it's like oh i, I know this i like this movie now <laughs> i don't know yeah and then somebody asks what it means and you can't explain it then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's so like does. how, if you've heard that thing of, but you know, like, you know. Um, right. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I never, I never usually check Rotten Tomatoes, or, but I just, yeah, it's something about it. Just, I think it's just easier to shit on stuff. And then people, I think, like jumping on a bandwagon of shitting on something once. Right. You know what I mean? How- how do you keep track of your movies to watch? How do I keep track this, of it? Yeah. How do you keep track of things you want to watch? I don't know. You just sort No, dude, you got to up your game. So a couple years ago, I started realizing like people are telling me about movies and I go, yeah, I'll add it to the list. And I'm like, what's this list I always talk about? I don't have a list. Yeah. I guess <laughs> so I, I never I, say I, the list. So, or... so I made a list I, just in my notes on my phone. It, it was just movies to watch. And it wasn't necessarily always when people told me. But whenever I discovered a film or heard about a film or saw something that looked interesting, um, I'd just add it to the list. Because sometimes it's like, oh, this isn't coming out for a while or this is in festivals right now. I'm like, I'm going to forget. So I just started making a list. And that was really good because then I would get back to the list and be like, oh, yeah, that movie. And I'd look it up. and be like, oh, shit, it's out. And that was working really well. But what I found, which I would suggest to people if you're into films, is uh, a social media app called Letterboxd. Oh, this is not a plug, um, by the way. <laughs> this is not a plug, <laughs> um, but it's it, it's good. I mean, it, it's it's meant to be a thing that uh, you know you can you so basically you can log all the films you've seen, um, you can write reviews, you can follow people, they can follow you, and it's just sort of like you see what people have seen and what they're talking about and what the reviews are and how many you can you can like things, you can add them, you can make your own lists, so you can make like my favorite horror films or my favorite time. I have like time travel films on mine. Um, uh, but what you can also do, and this is what I mainly use it for is, so I log all the films I see just because that feels fun to find a film and say watched. <laughs> and then your, you know, your, your profile shows all the movies you've seen right. at the end of the year. You go, Whoa, I've watched 
250 films this year. Cool. Um, but you can make your watch your wish list or watch list, and those that's your list of things you want to see. And whenever I see a movie, I just go on Letterbox, I type it in, uh, I find it, add it to my watch list, and then it's a nice display. It's got it's all poster based, so you just scroll through all these posters like a grid of you know four or five wide and just scrolling down. And it's like, oh, yeah, that movie, that movie. And I just go through that when I when I want to watch a movie. Huh. I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen this. And I, I watch it and I mark it watched and move on. Huh. I like it. Anyways, I just, Letterboxd. I just downloaded it. <laughs> All right, there you go. Um, that really sounded like a plug. Like, like Letterboxd yeah, should know. give us I know. at least at least. <laughs> and they pull, they pull from IMDb. So, like, even our oh, films okay. are on there. Oh, cool. Some of them. Yeah. Um do you um, yeah. have you ever watched uh, movies on Amazon Prime with the X-ray thing on? No. So, what is that? Um, so it only happens on an iPad or like a tablet, I think. But I'm sure there's like a way you can have it on, uh, I don't know, desktop or on TV. But essentially, so like when I'm watching the film, you know, when you're watching film, you're like, oh, I know that actor. Where do I know them from? You touch the yeah. screen. The X-ray is on. It'll have everyone in that scene the okay IMDb i've heard this yeah and everything it's like a quick do, like, I, heads up display yeah thing. i've heard this no i have i have i barely watch amazon prime really there's a lot of good stuff on there yeah i'm wanting to get into carnival row i think next that looks pretty interesting dude you would american, love um, american gods i want to you would love finish uh, reading that. the what is it the oh god the uh man in high castle yeah, um, th- that's kind of like the original reason I got Amazon Prime. Then I didn't watch it. I'll get to it. It's yeah. just too much. This is too much. Fucking put it in your letterbox. The <laughs> well, that's one thing is they don't do shows. Oh, okay. Uh, it shows movies. are the thing I'm like probably the most behind on. Uh, you know, at the moment. Did we talk about? Did we talk about Dark? Uh, we did. Yeah, but I have okay. not yet seen it. Just do it. Anyways, we should probably get back to yeah. Sphere. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is we're, we're coming up on the uh, Peter Coyote getting cut in half by a door. Oh, always happens. Um, the idea of a fire underneath too is super scary. I find like any type of fire, like spaceship fires. Yeah. And all that, like, and the thing that would save you also is the water, which will also kill you. And yeah. Actually, I do like in this movie that it's sort of like it gives you all these things that these assumptions you make like, okay, we can't leave. We're we're trapped here. Um, But then later Norman starts swimming outside and you're like, oh, you sort of can get outside the ship. That's neat. I know it's like very momentary. Um, He can't stay out there for long. Wait, have we already seen that part? No, we haven't seen that part. No, yet. It hasn't come up, but well, I mean, sort of. He goes to the the other ship to the sphere thing, but um, I thought at one point that this this part, like um, like this uh, ship, was gonna get so screwed up they had to go to the yeah. The, I can see that. Yeah, and then they had to be on that ship, and then they're in a foreign environment they don't know. You know, which I thought that would have been an interesting. I don't know. Look just, at this. Oh my! Why would you put that at the top? I know, right? Well, for dramatic effect. Oh yeah, and cut in half. Yeah, and then it, it shows the blocking mechanism, so you're like, oh yeah, he's cut in half. That would suck. I mean, um, 
So yeah, they're all trying to get all this stuff out. And the screen. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good point, though. Um, that's a good. Uh, I wonder if I thought that too. <laughs> what that they were all going to go to the other ship? Yeah, that's sort of that would be an interesting thing. Uh, it's just the idea of something. I don't know. Putting they people, do go back to that ship later. Yeah, yeah, I think she does. But right? that's just because they're trying to blow it up or something, right? Um, I think so. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll get there. Yeah, because I mean that that I feel like that's a typical, a typical uh, plot point, right? Like get get them out of their comfort zone. Not that they're comfortable here. Their 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 ship is, um, not their ship. Their station here is burning. Um. But it's kind of the safe zone. Like prior to this, it was like when they're here, everyone's safe. It's yeah. when they leave that things happen, and then suddenly you're forced to leave, and now everything's crazy. But they don't really do that. They just, as of right now, everything's good again. Yeah, which it really seemed like everything was going to be fucked in the ship, but then it's all of a sudden it's sort of okay. So okay, this is in her head that she sees the food is all fucked, right? Well, that's not right now. Yeah, but like, okay, so they, so when they show some of these doors that are open, like where the food was originally, right? And it's all sort of burnt up. I do love that shot of her right there. Yeah, look at that. Like, it's just a cool shot. It's interesting. Just looking down the barrel. It's weird when you do that, eh? Yeah, it is very odd. I, uh, remember when we were shooting, uh, Endless? Yeah. Um, were you there when we did that with JD? Like just looking straight at the camera. I just I wanted to do it in that. Um, anyways, doesn't we did that in that anyways, and I, I was like, this is so neat. It's weird to just like address the camera. I mean, you're not talking to it, but yeah, I mean, unless it's like on purpose, like some type of POV shot. But <laughs> yeah, I know, I know yeah. you mean though. Like, it, or it is odd. Like you know, we always say it's, like it's just odd. Yeah, it's weird. You know the. Cause like you'll redo a take, right? Like you're like that was great, but you flash the camera, as they say, like yeah. you know, and because it kind of takes people out of the movie. Also. Well, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it it is weird because you're looking at the fucking camera and you're taking it out of the movie. But if you can find a way to make it be part of the movie, then it's it's then something it that the audience uh, doesn't normally see because obviously we don't want our actors looking at the camera. So you never see the actors looking at the camera. Yeah, there is something awkward about it too, right? Like, I, I don't. Well, it's weird. Yeah, you're you're suddenly it's uncomfortable as a viewer. You're making eye contact. Yeah, you don't make eye contact with with characters in movies generally. So I think no. it's just a a strange thing. So if you can find a way to do it, I think it's kind of a neat thing. Yeah, I think she wasn't looking directly down the barrel though. I think she was looking just off when just they got off close. Center. Yeah, I think so. Too. Yeah. Um. I do love Dustin Hoffman communicating with this computer because when you think of when you break it down, it's just Dustin Hoffman acting to no one in a room, you know? Jerry? Jerry? Yeah. Jerry? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I just I wonder I wonder if anything was on the screen for him. I'm sure there was because the the tracking would have been so hard back in 1998. Like back in 1998. (laughs) What do you mean? This was like lots of this was green screen. They were doing virtual sets. Yeah, but the the match moving. Do you remember 1998? I I don't think they match moving a screen. Yes, that would be so easy in 1998. 
But yeah, I think they would have done that. I don't mean easy for a normal person, but for Hollywood. But no, I think I think um, they definitely would have just put practical. I I want to do that more. I want to stop relying on fucking fix it later. <sighs> well, especially like a screen. Take the time to make the thing beforehand and have it actually there. I get that then you're putting things like, oh, then I don't have the flexibility in case things are not timed right. But I think we got to get back to that more. I, that man, just makes you be more perfect on set, you know? I 100% agree. I, like, and, I, and I just hate, like I do post for a living, but I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate relying on it. You know, I did, um, I just did a short where we had all practical well not all practical but yeah we haven't talked about that we'll chat after the, the thing but um but yeah like having something there on the day that lights up and moves around it kind of takes it's you're like well I, I have no choice it is what it is right yeah so you just do the absolute best you can on set to the point where you're happy and you got it it's in it's 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 burned in you know yeah it's printed i mean we shot hdrs and stuff thinking like if we had to we can replace some stuff but Right. Like, um, did a few tests of 3D stuff, but I don't know. It's like in a weird way. It's like, uh, oh, I got the I got the page number wrong. It's page eighty-seven. He can't get past. I said one twenty-seven. Yeah. But yeah, I, this part, I really like this part in the film. Just the idea, and then the book starts showing up, and there's there is nothing in the book past that. This is also point. this is where you start letting Samuel Jackson off the hook. What do you mean, like, as you, a bad you, guy? Yeah, you start realizing he doesn't actually know what's going on. Yeah. The shift in his character, he, though, from the start of the film to the sphere to now, and, and I, I don't know if it is just because they filmed this over such a long period of time. It's not that it's bad. I find Norman very consistent with his character but I saw, and, and Sharon Stone, but I find Sam Jackson's character, like... It, yeah, but that's because he was the... He was a bit of a tool for that whole... That whole, uh, I mean, what misdirection, I, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, they had to make him seem like the bad guy. So he was being a bit weird in his uh, dialogue delivery. Like he had yeah. something to hide. But no, now I, he seems more honest again. I, and I like that he comes back on board and then the three of them are all teamed up. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I get that. And I, I understand. Not, not before these two turn against each other, though. Uh, you were mentioning, um, Hoffman like delivering lines to nobody um, and I wanted to mention I feel like I mean I don't know what a psychologist or a psychiatrist I guess he's a psychologist I don't know the difference anyways um, he uh, I don't know how they're supposed to sound but he sounds like one to me <laughs> I yeah. feel like he's a believable he's a believable shrink yeah I guess so yeah I mean Whatever. I, I just watched a Again, sort of recently in the last year, Kramer versus Kramer, and like he's right. great in that, and just some of those older films. What's the um, this is classic one with Robert Redford there um, about Watergate? Is it just called Watergate? Oh, I don't remember. Um, or something like that, but yeah, and just I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I, what we're talking about is good actors. Yeah, good essentially, actors. just but yeah, like. I don't know. Like, I, I never watched That's... a ton of Dustin Hoffman films. You know, I watched the obvious ones, The Graduate, and all that. But it's just, he I is... guess that's another reason I like this is because it's like he is a good fucking actor, and you don't. He's not a likely, and this isn't an action film, so I guess it's not like you're gonna have action stars. But if this was made nowadays, 
it, it would be like Matt Damon would be his character or something. You know what I mean? Chris Pratt. Like it would be some like, I don't know. It'd be some big hunky dude. Yeah, he'd be shredded. Uh... <laughs> he would have a physicality to him. But Dustin Hoffman's like four foot two. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, I think it's, oh, this. And the, this I'm is weird. Watching. He's just watching. And then you're like, oh, this he's he's evil. But then he starts trying to help him. Then he helps him. And he's like So again so again you're like, what is going on here? The delivery of that was was too delayed not to imply that you've got something going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say though, like there's no way that these suits they're wearing don't have some type of twenty thousand leagues under the sea influence, you know? I'm sh- yeah, no, I'm sure they do. I just just me personally, whenever I see anything that's underwater with a state with a underwater station, I it's the abyss. I I saw that at a young enough age that that was my my underwater movie. I saw something on um IMDb about this snake being designed by one of the guys in Lincoln Park that was one of his like first jobs. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know who it was, but uh the um the abyss though that was one of those films right like where ed uh, ed harris and uh, God, yeah and uh what's his name cameron came, almost came to blows a few times and like did they yeah like cameron would like torture him like just do more takes yeah than running well out that's of that's cameron right yeah but i mean been known gets results i guess but <laughs> <laughs> but I think Ed Harris is a bit of an irritable actor. Like I think he really gets into it. Have you seen the the Rock outtakes? No. <laughs> Why is he like? When, when, we're, when we're done, look up Ed Harris freaking out in the Rock. Yeah, just oh, he freaks out. He's like screwing up lines and he's just losing his mind, swearing and smashing things. Really, it's, eh? it's really funny. Yeah, is it because like you remember like the Christian Bale? Thing? I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's. You know, you're watching the. It's like a supercut of him being pissed off, and it, it could be easy to think, "Oh wow, he's a he's a fucking idiot," but I think it's just be, he's just so into it, and he was screwing up, and he felt bad that he kept fucking up. Right, right, right. But but he but he really he really loses it. He it's really pretty funny. It. It's not like Christian Bale. Christian Bale, that was. We don't even need to get into that. I don't. I like Christian Bale. I like um, him too. That, that he got that that was a bit fucked up, but you know you can I can kind of see it. Like you're doing an important scene, someone's walking around. He just let the he let his emotions get to him, and he freaked out. Yeah. And it just unfortunately was in front of a bunch of people and and recorded a bit a bit, a bit unprofessional. Yeah. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, but I remember when the Christian Bale thing happened. I remember thinking like I've been yelled at worse. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think people get uh, what sets are like too, um, especially when you get like really fresh people on a set and they get really defensive and it, it, you just want to go up to them and be like, don't take anything personally. People just need shit done. You know? Yeah, exactly. There's no excuses. You just go do something and figure it out. But people that don't, aren't familiar with working on a film shoot, um, there's like a tendency to give excuses and, and get mad when people are angry with you or, oh, that person's being a dick or. Yeah. Yeah. That's because there's lots of money being spent. People need shit done. Yeah, just do it. Or there's time involved or just yeah. Nobody wants to hear your idea right now. We need to we need to film, you know, or 
Um, and this here, now we're like, okay, so now we're being led to believe that she's losing her mind. Because I don't think here, did you think Samuel Jackson was setting her up? No. But no, I didn't either. I, I thought... It's believable. She, I don't know why she left for food, but I did think the food was gone. Cause well, I think because we saw... Didn't we see it? Not there? We did see it there, but there was that scene right before that cool shot where she sees all the food burn. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, so I think... So, as an audience member, I was led to believe the food was gone. But, well, I think you're meant to be with her right now. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, because you're you're like, wait, I saw it too. Yeah, I think she's right. But what's going on here? And then, but are we meant to believe that Samuel Jackson has set her up? I I guess so. But maybe. But he's kind of believable though when you see him. Yeah, I love like when Sharon Stone freaks out in movies. You know, it's like Nick Cage is like one of those people like people love when he goes nuts in a movie. Sharon Stone is like that, like in Casino when she fucking loses it, like on the front lawn of the house. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about like her commitment to swing for the fence to, you know, to do a performance like that. I just, I I love it. Yeah. Nick Cage is obviously the master of, you know, of that, of... (laughs) Freaking out and doing something crazy, but maybe I don't know. Have you seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? No, not yet. Okay, no, never mind. I wasn't gonna be any type of a spoiler, but yeah, yeah I'll see it soon. Um, I'm gonna surprise you haven't gotten around to that uh, with how much hype that's around that film, but yeah, um, yeah, so I, I guess like at this point in the film. I guess it's sort of shifting and like it's well, they're trying to plot everyone against each other. Yeah. And they're moving through it quicker. Right. Yeah. Cause I felt like up until this point while watching it, like the, I guess the development was pretty slow and then it starts to snowball near the end, you know, like with quick, well, well, it's all the mystery, slow little stuff, which is great. Uh, and then they get into that first sort of attack where they see the monster and then it's like, all right, let's pull back, let's quiet things down, let's plot, plot, uh, pit them against themselves now. Yeah, I like stuff like that. It, like, and this, did you go inside? And she's just like, yeah, just staring at him. It's so weird. I know. Like what? I feel exactly like him. I, I, I'm taking his role here. Like, why won't you answer me? I know. Like what? Is it? It's a question. <laughs> It's uh, it's got to be hard to, I don't know, like set something like that up with characters and to lead up to a moment like that because, like, real life doesn't really play out like that, right? No. So, make those decisions and I like his like Sam Jackson's reaction just, like it's like he's in another movie right now, you know? Yeah. Um. Oh, and then here, yeah. It's like you dropped your book. Wait a minute. Uh, the dramatic zooms. Zooms work sometimes. Yeah, man. Zooms are awesome. And then, I, that should be a shirt. Zooms are awesome. Zooms are awesome. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah. shit. It is him the whole yeah. time. Yeah. But see how quick that is, though? Yeah. I love practical stuff like that, too. Like, just... Obviously, it was just a different take, and then we'll put more books there, you know? 
Well, now it's like shelves full of books. That cut they show. I that like cut those like jump cuts times. too. Yeah, they've done that a couple times in this film. Uh, I kind of like that. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I don't know. It's it's. I don't know. I find like committing to something like that while you're editing can be tough because the the way it works is bridging it with sound. You know. Yeah, that's right. So you have to have the confidence to stick with it in a way. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing that right now in my the short I told you about that I'm struggling through in post. Um, I've got like, and it's hard in a short because you don't have a lot of time to play with shit, you know. Like to um, to get like well to create you gotta kind of like, yeah. I mean, if you want to go one way or the other, you can't really do both. Yeah, and I'm 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 kind of in a point where I've got the opening of the film that I've edited it in a way that feels very experimental and like strange cuts like that and everything. And I, and I really like it, but for, I, I struggled over whether I should go with that for the longest time or just do it um, like traditional. Cause I, I mean, what I had in mind was cutting it traditionally, but as I started editing it, I just started jumping around and obviously put in some temp music and then was like, Oh, this is really cool. Right. So, I um I find if I'm like feeling something like like it, it just feels like this needs to be in this direction at that time, I just duplicate a timeline or a project and I'm like I'm editing oh this version of this movie now, you know? I got so many versions. And then it, if I get to the point where I'm like I've forgotten about the original one, then I just stick with it or uh, if I'm just like no, I don't like this, then I just scrap yeah. it all. Yeah, and then I'll I'll like I'll give myself some time off. I'll come back to it in a few days and watch it again and sometimes i'm like oh yeah this does not work anymore yeah what i just what i just did doesn't feel as right feel good or i start going i start making all those versions and then let's say i thought i had it at version four and now i'm on like version 10 and then for shits i go back and watch version four i'm like oh my god that was way better yeah like shit i gotta go back to that version it's tough eh i've had times too where i'm just like i'm just gonna re-edit everything just from and see where we get because sometimes I feel I get locked in just because of the amount of work. I'll be like, "Fuck, I don't want to have to move everything," and I've already edited all these sequences and like I'm or I guess what I'm saying is I don't necessarily consciously think that, but I think that's what goes into my decision not to make any more drastic changes because I know how much work I just put into it Fair. for the last few months uh, when really I should just start again because yeah. I mean a re-edit always produces something better, does it not? I mean, usually, yeah. Like if you sit down and re-edit something, you already know how you want it to go, but maybe it gives you the opportunity to. I don't know something with a fresh slate. I feel that way. I mean, to an extent, I wouldn't go to a whole new timeline personally, just because yeah, that does seem like a lot of work. But I will search back through all the project bins and everything and find alternate takes, and I, you know. Well, that's the thing. It's like a puzzle. I mean, like. You know, you'll get your circle takes and you'll you'll pull those into your first edit. But it's when you start realizing the combination of ulterior takes, ulterior alternate takes. Yeah. Um, you know, you may have circled take one of this shot and take three of this shot and those work the best. But it's not until you start experimenting that you realize take five of the first shot and, you know, take one of this other shot actually cut together in such an interesting way. I never, but now I, I, never now I kind of like this stuff. better. I, I 
I look at everything raw and I watch everything raw. Yeah, no, I I actually don't either. Yeah, I know. I know. I the circle stuff is like kind of what traditional film they would do, just to because they yeah. would sometimes well, not the, even print the uh, the, the diff. I think that's because we added all our own shit. That's it too, right? Right. I mean, half the time I'm I'm like, guys, you don't even need to slate this. I know what this is. I mean, obviously for sound, I need it, but like, when, if I'm just doing like a pickup shot without sound or something. It's like, don't bother. I don't need to slate this. I know what it is. I'm going to be editing this next week. Like, I know what the shot is. Yeah, I it's a short film with with. It's a short film with seventy shots. I know where this goes. I feel yeah. I feel similar. <laughs> yeah, but but I, don't know. I mean, if we if we were working with other with an editor, you're going to have to circle take right because I mean they're taking notes. You're taking notes. They want to know which ones you like the best. Yeah. Um, but I wonder like. And maybe editors do like knowing what they like best, but having the choice to like, you know, know. Well, I, I've done that. I mean, I've, you know, for some of the music video stuff I've done, um, I like to, like, I want you to give me your notes if you if there was takes you liked, but my first pass, I'm ignoring everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing my own, I'm going to do my own version. Um, and then I either send that, I usually, I mean, I'll ask. I'll say, can I just do a pass? And then we'll go from there. Um, and it's usually pretty similar to what they liked anyways. Because I'm obviously not picking stuff that's garbage. I just may have picked a take, like I said earlier, that works better after it, the last shot. Whereas you thought... Because, I mean, the director doesn't know how you're editing it. Especially like a music video. You know, where your shots maybe aren't longer than a second each anyways. Yeah. You may have liked the take as a whole. Like, yeah, that take was solid end-to-end. But I don't need an end-to-end yeah, you take, need a right? few frames I just, here and there. I need I need a second at this part of the song and that the take you like, this part, the camera is drifting. Yeah. So I need a different take. Or I want a close up of you know, the singer. I whatever. It could be just something as simple as a look, uh, a reaction that fits better with yeah. I know what you mean. But Music yeah. videos are a different different thing though. We're into the weeds here. So okay, yeah. so they're, they're having a bit of a confrontation <laughs> here in Sphere. Yeah. Well, they're making up a little bit here. Yeah. The it's like earlier she like they're realizing that he's that Harry's got the power somehow. Um, he's making things happen. Yeah. I like um, this watching through the floor too. You know. What yeah. are they watching? And yeah. They're gonna drug him, but uh, that's what she her thing is, right? Or no, she's a. Yeah, botanist yeah. or a chemist or is she? Well, I think she's like a biologist or something of some sort. Right, 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 right. So she's the, she knows all this stuff. But she knows the species. She's you know the species of things, right? Oh, it's the the jellyfish or the right, right. The um, she knows drugs. The set is really cool. Like I don't know the set they built for this, but. Uh, I was just gonna say, like early, just a few scenes before before that, she's taking like pills and and whatnot. And I always find it odd when people just take random pills in films. You know, like people are always just taking a pill. Does that ever bother you? Uh, I don't know. I don't really take pills, but maybe that's how. So I don't wouldn't know, but maybe people take pills like that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, like I guess, but just like randomly, like oh, I just had this crisis. Better take my pills. You know? Yeah, but we're also we also established that she's not adverse to taking pills, right? I may pop a Xanax here and there, remember? Right, 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 right. 
you know, and I do know some people who, you know, they're pill poppers. I'm not saying they're abusing it, but they, they, they go to, they go to drugs. Yeah. Prescription drugs and stuff, you know? Oh, I'm feeling whatever. I got to take this. I got to take that. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but that's what they do. I, I haven't really done that. Yeah. Um, but I don't so there's, those like... are the two people, the people who uh, embrace drugs and people who tend to like just kind of avoid them altogether. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cause like, like, okay. So like there is like, a, what I'm getting at is like, there's a level of sophistication, right? With the, the person that takes a pill, I would think, right? In a film. They're like, oh, like a businessman or whatever, intellectual, just going to have this pill. I'm just going to suck back this pill quick. I don't even need water. I'm just going to have it, you know? And then, but like, there's also the, a funny moment if somebody just cracked a beer, you know? Yeah, it's like the same effect. Yeah, well, not, I know it's chemically different and whatever, right? But like. Like, but it, the idea is like they're doing something to take the edge <laughs> off, you know? Yeah. Well, it's more immediate than drinking a beer. Yeah. Too. Yeah. This is, <laughs> but the like, if and you don't have to pee as much after. I guess not. Yeah, because you're not even using water. But like, if, like you know, like if if shit was going down like that, instead of taking well, pills, that's what you would take. Well, I, I mean, think in that situation, me, I I might be like. My head's killing me. Give me a fucking whatever. See, but I, I, would I wouldn't the, know what to I would take. be the, the crack of drink guy. I'd be like, I need, you I need a fucking maybe drink. There's, maybe there's no beer drinks down there. Yeah, I suppose. What do you mean you didn't bring any beer to this underwater <laughs> spacecraft? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What is? I don't understand what he's doing here with the poison. No. Oh, the snake, snake was, thing. Yeah, he was just hearing oh, something, that wasn't that he puppet. Or? That's gross. Yeah. He freaks out here too. I know. I would do the same thing, man. Oh no, I'd I'd be I'm like that. This is my reaction when a centipede runs across my foot. <laughs> <laughs> the uh hit the floor and freak out. I, I don't know when I'll put this out, but uh, like last podcast or a few podcasts back, I had a filmmaker on uh, she made a movie about uh called Miss Snake Charmer about a pageant and Sweetwater. Look at her reaction here. Sorry. I know. It's scary, right? She's just... Wouldn't she run in going, what's wrong? What's happening? But she's figured it out. She grabs them like they're just like plastic Yeah, but this is so stupid. They're the most poisonous snakes in the world. But they're nocturnal. Okay. They're still the most poisonous snakes in the world and it's crawling up my fucking leg. Yeah. And... And And it's it's obviously... It's nocturnal? Fine. It's still swimming up my leg. It's awake right now. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Yeah, her reaction is kind of crazy. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh, yeah, but uh, I don't know. But this whole movie about these, like, 16-year-old girls, like, skinning and beheading snakes, it was, I was, I don't know. I don't do well with snakes. (laughs) Not many people do. Um, But, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, the reaction she gives is very, like, horror movie. It was weird because, I mean, it was to show that she's, she's, she knows that he. She knows that he's manifesting those things. Yeah, exactly. But I think that look for her to be in a different to, to for her. The, to, yeah, that's thing. a good one. Yeah, for her to be in a different room and to hear him start screaming, and she just walks in casually. I mean, her initial response should be to run in, and then she can start realizing, huh, he's afraid of these things. Mm-hmm. I know that. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I get what you're saying. Uh, and I mean, I think that is where, like, I, well, like I, 
like I'm reading on IMDb that this movie did take forever to film apparently. And like they, Dustin Hoffman says like it came out kind of half cocked. Yeah. He, yeah, I read that too, that he, well, yeah, he thought it needed more time to finesse or something, which I don't know. Like, I'm sure that, isn't that crazy? What? So imagine, imagine getting a, a name actor like that. I mean, we're, this is Barry Levinson. So he's, he's big at this point. He's worked with Hoffman before, but like, imagine doing a movie like this and getting it to this level and being happy with it. And then like Dustin Hoffman, who you got to star in it is like, I'm not liking it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm publicly saying that. Be too. like, oh no. But in a weird way, I also do love hearing that because I guess he's, I guess he's right though. Yeah, I well. mean, in a way, he is. Right. I love the movie, but it didn't do. It didn't hit with larger audience. No, then, uh, like, yeah. But I mean, in a way, I do love hearing those honest stories about stuff. You know, like because normally now, like, like you George just, Clooney with Batman and Fro- Batman and, uh, and Robin. Why? Like, yeah, he hated it, right? <laughs> he tried to get that like not released. Yeah, which I mean, which I don't blame him. But that's actually, I'm glad that movie exists. Um, it's a fun movie to watch, man. It is, yeah. It's I mean, a, we, it's a we've ridiculous done it. I'm pretty movie sure we've nowadays. done it on the podcast. Yeah, you, I think you guys did it. But uh, it's so bad. It's so yeah, bad. it's so bad. But it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to watch it. How bad? It's almost like the prequels now. Like the. I love how we can just say the prequels and you know that referring to Star Wars. Yeah. Um we'll save we can save that discussion for another day, but like I think like they've reached this meme status where they're fun to watch. I yeah, I, I agree. And they I don't want to I don't want to get a thing over Star Wars, but like I I've always found some joy in them cuz they are in the universe I loved and we didn't have any more, so it was like I agree. Yeah. I, I know agree. we have a lot more now. Um but at the time, we didn't have anything else. And it was like, you know what? It's not uh, the greatest, and there's a lot of faults here, but it's still Star Wars, and, you know. And man, I, I, ha- I, I hated I, the second one. I hated uh, Attack of the Clones. I agree. But but there but is the elements one, of that movie one, I really like, though. There are elements. I liked the slowness of the first one. I know Jake Lloyd was in that whole storyline and everything kind of, I don't know. And Jar Jar sucked, I guess. But I kind of liked the first one. I don't know. Dude, yeah. Liked. I'm not uh, saying like, but, like, but liked. I kind of liked it. Yeah. And then the fighting and stuff in the third one was kind of cool. Yeah, I agree, man. And I, I so, will say this. Whatever. That Are they the best? No. Do, do no. Was too much green screen? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I agree with all those things, but it doesn't mean I can't. Like, that's what I'm saying about, like, sometimes I'm in the mood for, um, a, that was, a, uh, he did that by accident, hit his head. Oh, really? Yeah, he actually hit his head there. Oh, man. Um, Dustin yeah, Hoffman I don't know, man. Actor. Sometimes you can put. I, I feel like it's not fair to just be like, "This movie sucks." Like, you can't judge every movie against it, every other movie on the same playing field. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, sometimes, like if a movie's trying to be super smart, you gotta you judge it on a movie trying to be super smart. If a movie's trying to just be fun and ridiculous, judge it on being fun and ridiculous. Yeah, um, couldn't agree more. If you're in the mood for something that just is totally takes your mind off of things and you don't have to think then you can watch a movie like escape plan with arnold and, uh, <laughs> and you know what i mean yeah 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 uh it's yeah not I necessarily a good movie man. but you might be in the mood for those i um, like the princess bride like we that's what we did back in the 80s right or then it's into the 90s like is that an objectively good movie yeah well i mean no i know is there's it? like there is some it, no what i'm saying is is it i, mean, I don't 
it probably isn't. I mean, but it just hit the right. It was just perfect for when it was and what it was at the time, and uh, for our childhoods. No, and I, I agree. <laughs> there is something too with watching something in your youth and and having that. No, nostalgia. that's true. It's like an unfair. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, some stuff does hold up, though. I don't know. Like, there is some stuff that still works. All this screen stuff. Yeah, like I said, we die down here. And yeah. Everything's really ramping up, and I like all this. Him swimming yeah. under the water, though, like, I guess, like, because they said they're pressurized, they can swim down there, but. Yeah. I thought you would die. I thought you'd just get crushed. No, no, that's the whole point. You pressurized. But. Well, I, yeah, no, I think like, no, I think if you, uh, yeah, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you're going with that either. I No, well, what you're saying, like, I think the pressure is, um, oh, that's gross. If you're pressurized, you could swim because you're pressurized. I, like, I don't think you can be a different, yeah, that'd be disgusting. Yeah. I I honestly don't know either, but I, I I don't know enough either. I don't even want to get into it. I'm gonna sound stupid. Too late. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that I know that I read uh, something about um, they had to change the ending of the film to have them all in depressur depressurization for two weeks or four days or whatever the hell they're doing because uh, test audiences thought it was unbelievable that they could just rise to the surface quickly. It's funny, right? At that point, enough people knew about that. Right. You know, like a. Uh, audiences like the zeitgeist you get you, you can't get away with certain things anymore whereas you could have got away with them back in the day and maybe this comes back to like black holes like in a movie that comes out nowadays you wouldn't have such an obvious explanation of a black hole right because yeah it's because most people know what the fuck a black hole is yeah enough that you don't have to have the the explaining scene the scientist the pointer scene as they say yeah um no i know what you mean and, and i mean it is kind of amazing that we have like what the they rendered in interstellar of theoretically what the black hole would look like was pretty well bang on what the yeah man no the that the production like like physicists and um cosmologists and stuff uh, like they were excited that the production f forced that it that to be visualized yeah such a you know because it, um, it cost a thing computer to, and everything yeah like the yeah and, and just scientists and... doing it i guess never really had a reason to do it so um visually um yeah I, stunning like that right they they don't need that i guess um but a movie directed by christopher nolan does need it needs visual and he want and he wants to do it correct and you know it all started with uh kip thorne and everything too so Pretty cool, and I yeah, don't know you... I, I I I loved Interstellar. I really did. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, I should watch it again soon. Do you ever? Uh... But I I bought all the I bought the that book, uh, like all the stuff that Kip Thorne released a book about the science of Interstellar and everything. Yeah, I yeah I heard about that. It's pretty impressive. The uh, I hope. Do you ever hear though that the when they made Voyager, the camera was like the last thing they thought of to put on it. Like the actual photograph camera. Oh yeah. Yeah, because it was uh, just going to take not, readouts no, and know. data and all that, right? Right. But 
you know, that's where we got like that iconic photograph, right? Of it pointed back at. Uh oh yeah no so yeah no I I did read about that yeah the pale blue dot yeah so that's a f- impressive photo man pretty cool when you think of the about Earth it. suspended suspended in a moonbeam yeah pretty crazy on that planet everyone you have ever known every doctor lawyer am I doing a good Carl Sagan it's close enough. <laughs> I didn't know the quote, but I thought it was decent. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> this is an interesting scene. I would feel so smart if I uh, shot a dialogue scene through the floor like that. I know, right? I'd be like, man, I'm a genius. This looks so cool. Shooting through this the thing. It is got to be kind of neat to be able to, I don't know, work on a big set like that, though. Because then... Yeah, so that's I. that's something that I... I've always like f- figured out my shots and storyboarded even my in my own shitty way every single shot like before. I like to see the location obviously and then plan the shots or at least refine the shots to fit cuz obviously when you're writing you don't know exactly what your location you're going to get. Yeah. But I've always know exactly what I'm doing, I guess, going in. But I really hope one day I can get to the point where I can, you know, you hear these stories it mostly happens on bigger films where uh, and I know Ridley Scott sometimes does this too, even though he storyboards so much, like where you can just show up and decide what you want to shoot, how, like how you want to shoot it. I think well, let's, put the, well, yeah. let's put the camera over here. Let's try this. Let's do this and just figure it out. Yeah. I mean, to a like, like simple le- stuff, like simple dialogue stuff, I think you can show up and be like, yeah, well, obviously we need a, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously you're not going to just show up and be like, hey, let's do like a crane through 10 floors and but that it needs to be done in advance. I know, like but, the the some of the IMDb talks about how some of this was improvised, and I wonder if they're just walking through the practical set one day, and they're like, "Oh, we could shoot dialogue through these two things. Why wouldn't we do that?" You know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. It was well, that's the thing. You get on set and you suddenly see something. You're like, "Oh man, this would be a cool shot," and that does happen. I mean, that's happened to everybody making movies, I guess. Yeah. You do. You do come up with stuff on the spot, and hopefully, your team. Uh, is not is flexible enough to um allow you to do that and doesn't just be yeah. like no we have to, we have to do it the way that was planned <laughs> yeah i know some people can be hard ass especially like on a short where you've put someone in charge like your first ad or whatever in charge of your schedule and then you suddenly start telling them no i want to do all these other things too <laughs> yeah it's like no don't worry we'll, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out um yeah. i still don't understand why she plants the bombs is it does it ever explain why she just goes and randomly sets up bombs? I think she said it in like a line. She said, I thought I thought it was just, yeah, I don't know. I was pissed or, and I thought, whatever. I wanted to destroy uh, the thing. Like, I think she just said it. Like, just, just like one of those lines. Yeah, yeah we, just, we just missed that, it. That part I think did... it was like a throw, it was a throwaway line. Like, she, she was pissed. It's like, they need and like some type like, of like okay. ticking clock. Like, oh, we got to get out Dude, of here type thing. Yeah, right? man. Ticking clocks, dude. The ticking clock, always a good Especially idea. in the climax of a movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, or is it cliched? Having an actual ticking clock is probably cliched at this point. Yeah, possibly. This but. is this is an interesting part. With the, uh, I guess, Well, once they, they're in the or? sub and then they look up and they're just in the spaceship. Yeah. That shot's cool. I like that. But it's like a projection. They're not actually there. 
And then they're like, oh, fuck, let's get out of here. Yeah. It is kind of neat. Have you seen um, Far From Home yet, Spider-Man? No, I haven't. Oh, fuck's sake. I've missed a lot of the big uh, movies recently. Um, and unfortunately, we're into spooky season, so I want to see uh, It Chapter 2 first, and I want to see Scary Stories. Right, um, right. I know that's more kitty, but I have those books. I love them, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to get It's going to be I'll see. I'll season, see the though. stuff, but. <laughs> um, I was going to make a correlation between the two scenes but now i can't because you haven't seen it no but. you cannot um yeah but i like the uh, this idea of just not knowing like you can't trust yourself like if we started this movie in type we don't know who to trust we t- trust this government thing and then there's this alien thing we can't trust this alien so thing. is this so i guess the difference here is the sphere is well, I guess they've all—it's been causing them all to hallucinate, I guess. But it's okay, so not I guess what I'm saying, it is hallucination <sighs> in some points, and it's not a. Hallucination. Okay, so here, here's my here's my question. All the other stuff was, it, it w- wasn't necessarily the sphere consciously doing stuff to them. It was the power of the sphere, allowing them to manifest their fears, and it just that was all that stuff. Yeah, fires and snakes and all this stuff. It was just them manifesting their spheres accidentally, right? What's happening right now? Are they manifesting that they can't get out and that's why they're not getting out? Yeah. They're collectively manifesting, oh, fuck, I'm not going to die down here. That's their fear. So they, it's like a dream. This this feels like a dream. Like, you know when you're in a dream and you're like, I have to get somewhere and you just can't fucking get somewhere? Yeah. This is one inconsistent bit about it. Like, This feels intentional, but I guess I never looked at it in the way of their fear right now is not escaping. So that's what's happening. They're manifesting these, them, yeah, in different places, and suddenly little, being and suddenly being twenty minutes away again and having to run out of the ship, right? Yeah, it did feel a little inconsistent. I never looked at it that way, but I guess that's what it is. Because it would it have felt been, inten- I guess what I'm saying is it felt intentional when I originally saw this. Um, I thought the sphere was trying to keep them there. Mm, yeah, but I, I don't. There's no. I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's a conscious thing, right? It's not, I mean, it may be sentient, but I don't think it's trying to do anything. I think that was them manifesting that they cannot escape and causing their own I, yeah, escape. Yeah, I, I agree, but it's like they were hindered. still in the ship, though, right? It was like a projection. It was a, yeah, it was a hallucination, just like everything else. But the other stuff wasn't hallucination. Oh, no, I guess what you're saying. Yeah, no. They didn't actually, they weren't actually in the ship running through the halls. That was so. just in their heads. Like it, Whereas the it would have been cool if they were popping in and out of different yeah I don't know realities or existences or like I think the problem is if they were actually teleporting sort of to the ship and then going fuck we have to get out of here at some point that would have been tough in the seven minute countdown clock yeah I don't know but I guess that's maybe where maybe that was weird. like a story thing where they had to just go. It would tie no. it, it would tie it well with the fact of what I was trying to get to at the start, but like like if the sphere can let you manifest anything, then somebody on that original spacecraft manifested time travel and time traveled back and crashed there. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah. If they were scared of if that's what they're Well, I guess it doesn't have to be scared, yeah. It's it just, just could yeah, be maybe, they, yeah, sure. I don't know. Yeah, they I wanted guess that could happen. Some type of time yeah. travel and yeah, I don't yeah. know. 
that's that's where it sort of just ends you know like there's no there is no big explanation for that like when i watched it the first time i I just liked it and i didn't think too much of it but like a day or so goes by and you you start asking questions you're like but how that doesn't fully add up and i don't know does that stuff bother you? Like, does that ever bother you after you watch a film? Like, why didn't they think of that? How did, how did nobody think of that? Well, I mean, think of some of the stuff like we've made, or you know, I've yeah, made, you've enough. made. Like, you do have to make some, you know, you think you've got everything. And then, I mean, I, I get this a lot. Like, so do you, do you remember, <laughs> do you remember The Path? My, ah, my, yeah. uh, my uh, like fifth term thesis film or whatever you want to call it. Um, the I had the guy in the beginning wakes up on the floor. Yeah. Or sorry, the very beginning is like the kid and his family and that intruder is like shoots his dad or something and the kid's like in the bathroom praying or something. Yeah. And then it cuts to Ian. Um that was Ian, name, right? Well, yeah, the actor, Ian. <laughs> uh uh on the floor. Um and then like later on in the end of the movie, Ian goes and saves that family. Yeah. Um I was showing the film at a, uh, not a festival, but it was like kind of a, it was one of those festivals that just show things and then everyone talks about it. And someone suggested that, um, that that was actually future him going back in time and saving his family. And like, that wasn't my intention. My intention was way worse. It was that it was just a random thing and he was just like saving someone. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't. My idea was not the good one. And somebody then came up with a, b- a better someone idea. Someone came up with that, and I was like, "Oh fuck, that's way better." And then I was just like, "Whatever." From this point forward, I'll just say that was what I had intended. I think I remember no one, that. Happened. No one ever asked again because the film never went anywhere. Yeah. But, um, but I remember being like, "Yeah, shit, that's actually a better idea." Well, how did I not think of that? That is kind of funny. Yeah, I, I, I man, I, I remember that film pretty vividly obviously i did all the sound on it but uh yeah i remember that was like that felt like pretty cool when we were doing that because we got to use like a 16 mil camera and i was like man we're making a movie yeah we're shooting on film yeah but uh it's funny how that like if you look at like the 16 mil like i don't know i haven't watched it we barely got it right like we were in the tail end of even touching film in film school i think or at least in ours yeah i think so Um, but I'm glad we did. Uh, you know what? Working at the film, uh, not the lab, but the uh, when I worked at um, oh the film supply, options, yeah, stock options, the film supply place. That was I felt like I feel like that was a pretty good experience too because I had to deal with every kind of film there was and being in a dark room and cutting film and everything. Um, but I've never like I've never cut it. I've never actually like cut film or spliced film or done any of that shit. We've just stuck film into a 16 millimeter camera shot on it got it processed onto a beta tape or whatever yeah and then that's it right (laughs) that was really that was version of it yeah yeah so we haven't really done a lot on film but no enough that uh we understand i guess do you do you think about it like do you wish you could shoot on film every now and then or no i i don't uh i don't either i don't think i care yeah, I don't. I don't think I care either. Like everything. But I didn't. I didn't. Again, I didn't grow up. You know, you got these people like Nolan and whoever who, you know, are like, we can't let this thing die. And I, I get. I totally get that. Um, 
but me personally, I didn't grow up making anything on film, so I don't have that connection. I guess or? I don't have that connection, and so I don't have that comparison. Um, we're in a different generation, I guess. Yeah, I, I I don't know if that's a bad thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I would like to, I would like to say, oh yeah, I'd love to shoot something on film someday. But that's only just to say that I did really. I, I mean, I don't have a. I mean, the closest I'll get know. is maybe I'll buy a like a photography camera and shoot some stuff on film for fun. But like, yeah. And even then, it's like being able to just take out like a, my 5D and just go take um like really nice high res photos of, of something. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. I know there's arguments. There's arguments for both. I don't think. I I think what film did is it made people be incredibly honest and mm. um careful and know exactly what they were doing before doing it and getting the best out of everyone and then digital came along and started just allowing these people to just shoot fucking everything yeah. don't be professional necessarily you know what i mean i think that's the the yeah the stigma that they're attaching to it that like digital is creating these like lazy filmmakers maybe that just like it's oh the answer is somewhere in there. I'll add, I'll just let's get it all. It's don't just don't don't press stop. You know, just yeah. record everything. Which, but I think that's that's sure there are some of those. Um, but I also think it's a benefit. Yeah, no, I you know? I, I see both arguments, you, and you know how many times I I don't know, like I'm editing and I'm pulling stuff. I'm using shit that was recorded after cut. Yeah, you know. And it was just still rolling. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic, or that went long enough, or yeah. I guess you could still do that on film too, but um, no, I I agree. I don't know. I uh, I get it, and I, I yeah, I don't know. But I but I agree that uh, you shouldn't just shoot a million things and hope to pull it together in the edit. Like I do the stuff I've done where I've been really prepared and have storyboarded every single shot that. Those ones are the ones where the process was so easy. You get in the edit and you go, I know exactly how this is editing together. Mm -hmm. And obviously you're leaving it open for happy accidents and things. But the stuff where I've just sort of shot things and then I'm like, I'll figure it out. It never can be really fun because if you get something cool, you're like, whoa, this is neat now. But uh, it's always a struggle. I I couldn't. And you feel like shit and you're like, oh my God, I suck. I think that's a normal. Uh, thing to say like your first cut on anything you're like oh god i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) yeah i I feel it's once you start putting sound on it you start to realize like oh that's what i feel anyways no i I agree it's kind of like your brain gets like interrupted well you're hearing yeah you're hearing every cut because you're just using production sound and you're trying to imagine how cool this thing's going to be but it isn't until you start adding in your atmosphere that suddenly bridges everything and putting a bit of music and adding those creaks and door wow. handles and, and yeah. Like, oh yeah it goes a long okay. way it goes a long way i love sound i've been like i i i've been sound designing all my shit now too not now i guess i've been doing that since you and i were doing stuff together yeah um i love sound design i love that process oh my god i wish i was better at creating sounds mm. but i love recording sounds and and building sounds out of libraries and I think I'm pretty good at that. Like I can build a good sound out of 20 different library sounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a whole other piece of the edit. Anyways, so little, we came to the end of Sphere. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
went down a rabbit hole, but tangents. Uh, well, that's that, isn't that uh, what this podcast is? Yeah, it we is. We don't really it's know enough about the film, so we're just talking. Talking about it's just film. a conversation, people. That's right. We're like two guys sitting on separate couches. Are you on a couch? No, I'm standing. Isn't that weird? Oh, you do that. Yeah. If I sat, if I sat, I don't know. I won't be as present. Oh man, I'm literally under the covers right now, dude. No, I'm not. I'm, weak. I'm sitting on my couch. I had to sit up though. I did start by lying down. It didn't work. Yeah, I could. I see. I couldn't do that. Like I have to be engaged, and I don't want to like type and look up stuff on the internet while we're doing things and check dials and whatever. So, <laughs> but maybe if we did go on the internet, we could have some more anecdotes and things to say that were relevant to the film during this last mm. uh, two hours mm. and fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, t- tell me your thoughts on on Sphere. I okay, I I've already done that. I love this film. Yeah. I don't want to say I love it. I mean like it's not on it in my top favorite films, but this is how I explain it. When I go to my cottage, um I generally grab like if I'm going for the weekend th- or three nights or something. Two nights even, I d- I tend to grab maybe 10 movies. I grab 10 DVDs. And I always grab Sphere. It's a cottage movie. It's like this movie is enjoyable enough to like. It's a good movie. Um, but it's also a movie you don't really see often and more than likely the other people don't remember this film. So I always pick it as like a film I take. Do you know what I mean? That's a good film to take. So the the films I take are not always my favorite films. They're kind of like, I'll take last action hero and I'll take sphere. (laughs) I love last action hero. (laughs) I'll take like army of darkness, even though I love army of darkness. Um, but I won't take Star Wars and I don't take Back to the Future because those movies are just my favorites and I just watch them enough and I, I'm not going to take them. I kind of pick the weird, kind of weirder ones. Those are the ones that are fun to watch with people though too, right? Like at a cottage situation where sure. maybe somebody hasn't yeah. seen something. Like I, I did Beetle, a cottage Beetlejuice. thing in the summer and somebody hadn't seen Jaws, you know? And I was yeah, like, you haven't right. seen Jaws? How, how, where have you been? Like, I, I saw Jaws last year at the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. That was really cool. Oh, that would have been really One of those cool. uh, pops things, yeah. Oh, that's cool. It was neat. Um, uh, yeah, man, I, I, uh, I like it. I like it. I think I, I like the actors. I like the ensemble. Um, it's got the perfect amount of sci-fi mystery for me. Um, it ends with you, like, thinking about stuff, you know? You're like, oh, what would I do? Just... Movies that make you think. I mean, all movies are trying to do that or make you think afterwards. Um, but it had a message. Mm, I don't I know. like that. Not, that, I, not that I'm looking I, for I messages in all my film, but it kind of had a message. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that was Fear, everybody. Uh, let us know what you think uh, of the movie uh, in uh, the comments or on uh, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And uh, we'll be back with something uh, soon. And again, i got to plug my my own stuff uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at shastman um and my name travis laidlaw on the interwebs.com for my own website awesome uh, yeah All right. and we both have short films uh coming out kind of like sometime in the next 10 years <laughs> uh, thanks for listening right? everybody all right take care man Game over, man. Game over. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lost Commentary, on Instagram at Raiders of the Lost Commentary, and like us on Facebook. I'll be back.